Welcome back to what? The French. <laughs> Yo, what is up, my friends? Welcome back to What the French Toast, your favorite podcast that leaves you asking yourself the question, what the French toast did I just fucking listen to? Megan, how you doing? I am okay. Let's go. Just okay. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, okay. okay. That's fair. I actually know why you're just okay. Yeah. It's a little for, sad. Anyone, for anyone wondering, my dog is a fucking idiot and he swallowed a whole ass squeaker from one of the squeaker toys. And for anyone also wondering... That's a bad thing. It's a bad it's very thing. It's bad. not good. <laughs> very dangerous. It's not a good thing. So he is currently at the hospital because he had surgery this morning to have his stupid squeaker cut out of his stomach. And I know I'm smiling, but that's because if I don't smile, I'll have a mental breakdown. So, <laughs> so lots of money later and he is okay. The vet has been super nice. The vet came in late like they closed at like 5 30 and he called me when i was on my way home just mm -hmm. now and was like i just came back up here to check on him he's doing great oh, he's had dinner cool. he's you know playing he's hopping around he's he's probably really ready to go home probably. what time can you meet me tomorrow and that's super nice because they're actually closed tomorrow and the vet is going to meet me up there personally so that they can send him home with me so he doesn't have to stay the whole weekend so, that's cool that's yeah cool. i'm super i miss him but i'm also kind of excited to give my other dog, Asher, a kind of hmm. break because he has has been an only dog for a really long time. Yeah. Not like a year and a half, almost, almost two years. And um, I just brought a puppy home one day and now he, you know, has been struggling with that because he's an old man. So I, sorry, I had to adjust my microphone. I feel like Asher, I feel like he, Asher is my favorite dog. <laughs> yeah, he's a good I'm dog. Just, just in general, like, dude, he's such a sweet, he's so like. He craves attention so much, but he's also yeah. just like such a sweet guy. Nah, he's such a sweet dog. He's definitely my favorite dog out of all the dogs that your family owns, which is a good yeah. bit. You have a lot of dogs, but yeah. Asher is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, he's a good boy. He's just an old grumpy man. So. Yeah. He's not even that grumpy. He's just usually really happy. Yeah, that's true. He's grumpy when he needs to be, I guess. But I can tell his age is getting to him a little yeah. bit. So... Not that he's yeah. like ancient, you know what I mean? Like he's barely just now a senior. I couldn't think of the word, but, but yeah, <laughs> he's so just now a senior. For anyone wondering, Winston is fine. You won't see him today because he is at the hospital. And um, if you're feeling generous, please buy some merch because he drained my fucking bank account. That's all I have to say. Like <laughs> wtftpodcast.com slash shop my friends that is how you get, get the merchandise megan's wearing some let's go with the french toast let's go let's go let's go I, get yourself I, really, a sweatshirt. I really should wear what the french toast merch i'm out here wearing like adidas and nike stuff every single like under armor yeah. every single time I need, I need to get myself one of the t-shirts because this is not gonna fly in like a month it's gonna be too hot for a sweatshirt so <laughs> yo um, for real yeah. that's crazy the winters in texas don't last long at all and I'm enjoying the cold weather so much. I love the cold. I, I we just had this conversation the other day. Mm -hmm. I love the cold so much. I it was like 
negative seven degrees and I was outside just going on a walk, just rec real. Yeah. No. I was in like, I was Hell in like no. a light little jacket with a beanie and I was just outside <laughs> for like two hours, just on a nice little stroll. Like I was having a great time. Everybody was like this fucking guy. Like it's not, I love the cold weather so much, which sucks because yeah, no. the next multiple episodes that you guys see me and I will be in Florida, which is not at all cold. So I'm about to admit, like, I'm about to leave on Sunday and I'll miss the rest of the cold weather in Texas. So that's not true. I mean, it'll go probably until like end of February, mid-March, probably. And then it'll start to warm up. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I'm going to Florida on Sunday and I'm excited about it. And then I get back and I was supposed to go to Louisiana and now I'm not going to Louisiana because... They put me on an emergency trip back to Florida. So I'm going, I literally will come back for like four days and then go right back to Florida. But I'm going to Disney World. Disney World, you owe me money. Free brand deal. No free brand deals. Disney World, you (laughs) owe us money. (laughs) But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to go to Disney World and like just get to, oh, honestly, just um, basically it's just going to be some little vacation. I'm going to be basically on a three week vacation. So I'm, I'm stoked about it. Yeah. I'm very excited for you. I'm also very jealous because <laughs> I would love to get into the warmth instead of the cold. I hate the cold. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least I'll be home with my now healthy dog. <laughs> I gotta like, I gotta like trim my beard because it's, I, I've like intentionally letting it grow out and get thicker because of the cold. Like I do this every winter and now like going to Florida, I'm about to get real hot real fast. So I yeah. gotta like trim the beard up a little bit, but uh, you said that you had some interesting news. It's not and news. And I'm curious. It's so, okay. The weirdest thing has been happening to me, and this has never been a problem for me in my whole life. Do you remember, I don't know, a couple of, like a week ago when you were playing games in my room and I left the room and then I came back and I was like, I swear to God, there was a cat upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no, dude, there's no cat upstairs. Like, I'm like, yeah, no, I swear out of the corner of my eye, I saw a fucking cat like walking across the room. Yeah. Ever since then, I have been seeing things in the corner of my eye. Like nothing specific. Like I can't tell you what it is. I just see like something walking by the room. Someone walking, like literally I'll be in my room. No one else is in there with me, just the dogs. And I will like just out of the corner of my eye while I'm scrolling on TikTok, see someone walk across my like front of my room Mm. or like today at work, multiple times I'm sitting there looking at the computer, typing stuff, doing, you know, doing work stuff. Mm. And out of the corner of my eye, I swear there was like maybe a customer or someone walking up to the desk but there was no one there to do that like they were all doing stuff you know what i'm saying like all of our customers Mm -hmm. were in sessions doing things that they should be doing not coming out to see me for any reason and it happened multiple times to the point where i was like holy fuck i gotta mention this like i don't know what it is i don't know what kind of juju i got on me right now (laughs) but as long as it stays shadows in the corner of my eye not interfering with me you know i think i can handle it and i guess i can just like do a cleansing spell or something but it just randomly started and now it's like i'm seeing them everywhere like in my room at work and like just walking you know downstairs like i'm here like i hear even like noises yeah if that makes sense yeah like 
someone downstairs when there's definitely no one downstairs. And so sure. either my house is haunted or I'm haunted, but it has to be me <laughs> because it's not just at my house. So. Well, no, like, here's the thing though. I, I've said this to you. Like I see that all the time. Like I will be like getting water or getting mm -hmm. something from the refrigerator and see just like out of the corner of my eye, like something just will walk by at like, I know I'm not crazy. And then it's like, okay, it happens once you can write it off. Like weird yeah. coincidence. Like you're, you're just like seeing a shadow. Like that happens. Right. But then it happens again and again. Mm -hmm. and, and, and here I am, dude, like I've been seeing this almost every single day. Like, and I'm not kidding you almost every single day, but only at the house. Like I never see it anywhere else. Yeah, and it's so wild. Yeah. Um, it's not something that has ever happened to me before. Now, part of me um earlier this week was like the two-year anniversary of my grandma passing away i just hit the desk i'm sorry y'all um and part of me is like kind of hoping maybe that it's her energy coming mm. to like you know but if it is why'd she choose a cat because she hated cats <laughs> well so... dude i have been i have been like in the kitchen right like getting mm -hmm. water and you know how you used to have that, like that plant in the corner? Like, so there's the two windows on the back wall and then over mm -hmm. to the right of it, there was that plant that was sitting in there for a while. It's gone now, yeah. but there's that plant. So I used to be in the, the, the kitchen and I, cause I, I'd be like debunking shit in my head. Cause I'm like, nah, this isn't real. Like it was the plant and I used to be getting water and then I would see like a shadow out of the corner of my eye and it looked exactly like an older woman exactly i mean seriously and then i would look and then it's like oh, okay there's a plant there like write it off it was just the plant like it's three in the morning like i'm super fucking tired like my mind's playing tricks on me and then the plant's gone and almost every and it's here's the thing don't ask me why i'm up at three in the morning but it is almost every time single time that like i will go downstairs and i will get water at three in the morning I still see the silhouette of something standing in the corner and that plant's not even there anymore. And but it's not every time. Like I don't see it during the day. I don't see it almost any other time anymore, but it's at like early hours in the morning, three, one, like midnight, whatever. There's always something standing in that corner. See, my grandma was a night owl and was like a sleep all day, stay up all night type of person. Um, see, and I mean, I know you only met her once, but she did like you. Yeah. So yeah, that was a funny maybe, interaction. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she's only been to our house like, I don't know, three times mm -hmm. since we moved here before she passed. So I don't know. It's weird. And I, I mean, like I said, part of me is just like the grieving part of me is like hoping that it's her. Um, yeah. it, it really just needs to be her because if it's her, she doesn't have any harmful energy. She loves us. She's just here watching out for us, chilling, you know, hanging out. Mm -hmm. um, if it's anything else. I blame Sam. Um, if it's anything else, I blame Sam. Oh, good to know. Yeah. I'm just put that out there. So yeah, that's my update because everything else is the same. I'm not dating. I'm not, I'm working. I'm going to the gym. Um, I hit some PRs today at the gym. Mm. So that was cool. Very nice. Yeah. Proud of you. Good shit. For yeah, real. Good shit. Thanks. Um, speaking of dating, I'm also not really dating, but... 
which is weird because almost like every single time we talk about our dating life and then now all of a sudden we're like okay fuck that shit like back no, to we the talked grind. about it last time where we were just talking about how we're just yeah. kind of over it yeah. yeah last week we talked about it but i'm just i'm just i don't have the energy and if i did have the energy like i was feeling real good literally the day before winston swallowed this stupid fucking squeaker <laughs> so i guess thursday like two so, days ago yeah or yeah i was like oh like i actually yeah. am at a point in my life where I am satisfied with my job, with my finances, with my like physical stuff, like my health is good. Nice. I'm doing what I need to do for the gym. Like I'm act mentally, I'm in a like good spot. You know what I mean? My mm -hmm. animals are in a good spot. My family's in a good spot. Like we're all good. Let's go. And it was because of my grandma's like anniversary of her passing that kind of oh, cool. made me think of those things because I was just like so sad and I was like, but wait, like it's not that bad. Like life is still good. Like you know what I mean? Like trying sure. to look on the bright side of things. And yeah. then the next fucking day, that little fucking dog. Yes, <laughs> he had to go swallow a squeaker just because I was trying to take it from him. Mm. And now he's now he's hospitalized. He's probably going to be traumatized from the vet. He swallowed it strictly because you were trying to take it from him. Yes. So we were in the office, like where you are now. Exactly. I was in that chair and he was playing with the toy that was up there and he ripped it open. And I was like, OK, cool. But then I was picking up the stuffing and I saw he had the squeaker in his mouth. So I go to grab it from him. I'm like, what do you have in your mouth? And he fucking swallowed it out of spite, <laughs> out of pettiness. That's why he swallowed it, because he didn't Ooh, want me to take it away from him. That's funny. I'm sorry, but that's fucking hilarious. Now, Winston, lots of money later. Winston's, he's a little fucking menace, dude. He's like, cute. I really hope, he's a fucking I hope menace. it was worth it, because lots yeah. of money later, now he does not have the squeaker. And I'm going to have it, because I think they saved it for me. So Let's go. And he'll never be allowed to play with the squeaker toy ever again in his ever. whole life. <laughs> he ruined his life, dude, because yeah. that's Hollywood. That's the only thing he looks forward to. Um, that's wild. That's absolutely insane. I'm glad he's okay, though, for real. Like, I know that yeah. you're really stressed out about that, so I am glad he's okay. I was very uh, worried. Um. Anyway, back to the dating thing. I only mentioned the we're not dating thing because so two nights ago, three nights ago, Megan and I were sitting down and we were discussing podcast topics and a little preview, a little sneak peek, two episodes from now which is going to be our Valentine's Day episode. We are actually going to be talking mm -hmm. about not our dating life, maybe kind well, of, kind of, but more so just like a more personal episode to let you guys know us more, know our thoughts on certain things more. Uh, and because it is a Valentine's Day episode, of course, we're going to talk about dating, not necessarily mm -hmm. our dating life, but as a whole. So that's going to be a weird episode, but it's going to be an interesting yeah. episode. Speaking of weird episodes, today is going to be also a fucking weird episode. It's going to be a great episode and I'm looking forward to it fucking buckle up that's all i have to say like get your snacks get your tea get your hot chocolate grab some popcorn because, get your french toast yeah put some syrup on it y'all it's it's gonna be I, there's not even a word for it like what the french toast is happening right now what the french toast <laughs> literally what the french toast i i actually did have a girl ask me the other day she was like if you had a podcast what would you name it and i was like I don't know what the French toast comes to mind. Just, just randomly. I did not, <laughs> I did not tell her I had a podcast. So there's that too. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Anyways, Megan, are you ready for this fucking topic? Yeah. All right. Let's get right into it. All right. So let me start with a couple of different things here. First of all, <laughs> 
Uh, we are aware that people who are connected to this case may come across our content in the future. And our primary objective is to raise awareness about this case. Um, we're not investigators and use only information available to the public, such as documentaries, case files, news articles, that type of thing. And we understand that not everyone will agree with our interpretations or opinions on every case that we cover. But we do our best to present the facts as we find them. But of course, we're going to bring our own perspectives to the situation as well. If our vibe does not quite match what you're looking for, no biggie. Um, there's a lot of other shows out there that are ready to tell the story the way that you like to hear it. Um, we just yeah. ask that everybody be grown-ups about it and be respectful to us, to anyone else, and keep it a safe and fun space for people to share their opinions and thoughts. Yeah, I yeah, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, go into this episode with an open mind. That's all I'll say because yep. shit's crazy. <laughs> and if you want to know how crazy, do you want some trigger warnings? I want some trigger warnings. <laughs> um, murder, child abuse, medical abuse, sexual assault. Yeah, I think that's it. It's only four. Possible, there's been more. Possible anger. When you figure out all of these things, anger, anger, yeah. fucking irritation, all of the above. Get you need a stress ball, honestly. Get a stress ball, maybe a couple. Get like a little. As this yeah. progresses, it's only gonna get worse. I would doing my research. I would I would be sitting there like stress ball in hand, like fuck these people, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. fucking no, squeezing it. I mean, as we know, recently I have been in a rabbit hole with my research. I think. Everyone can agree to that. If you've listened to the last couple of weeks, I kind of go on this like dive off of a deep end with my parts of the research. Um, I did exactly that. I have immersed myself in nothing but this case for literally like a week and a half, constantly yeah. listening to podcasts, listening to interviews, listening to the documentaries, reading her book, um, everything that you can think of. So, um, yeah. So it's 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 a wild one. Also, today's just just for context, and then we'll jump into it because we spent like seven minutes talking about the intro to this podcast. <laughs> and you still don't even know what it's about <laughs> unless is not you read the it. title. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be more of a debate type of podcast, not like the Megan did the research, I did the theories. This is both. Yeah. We did we both did equal parts research on this mm -hmm. from two separate sides of the story, and we are going to be debating both of these sides of the story. So and conversationally and, talking yeah. about it, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. And I I guess we're officially going to figure out which the, one of the two of us would make a better lawyer. So no pressure or anything, but I did go to law yeah. school. Did Just you? Fucking, no, not fucking at all. I don't like the I don't I don't like the way that you said that. <laughs> Just the, like motherfucker is not smart enough to go to law school. The I mean, fuck? Equally, I was the older sibling, so or I am the yeah. older sibling, so I've also spent a lot of time arguing in my life. So, yeah, that's fair. Anyways, but I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited to get into it. Same. I am hoping everyone else is excited too, because you can tell what it is about by the title. I'm sure. So, so with no further ado, let's jump into it. All right. So, in case you didn't know. This case is, or this episode, this topic, whatever you want to call it, is about Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her story of where she was and how she became to get to where she's at now. Mm. What a lad. AKA the death of her mother. We're just jumping right in. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> 
Dee Dee, or sorry, Claudine Blanchard, aka Dee Dee, um, was born as Claudine Petrie in Chack Bay, Louisiana, near the Gulf Coast in 1967, and grew up with her family there. She's one of five children. And relatives recalled that she had a habit of stealing from her family and one of her cousins or nephews. I'm not sure his relationship to the mom, but his relationship to Gypsy Rose is mm. he's her cousin. This and is his Dee name. Dee. The, they're talking about the Dee Dee had she was stealing from the family. Yes. Dee Dee is okay. stealing from the family. Got it. Um, a cousin named Bobby says allegedly she opened credit cards and family members names, ran up um, bills and expenses. She cashed. And uh, wrote bad checks and supposedly um america's most wanted was looking for her but okay this is all per his statement i couldn't find oh. any proof of that um i, don't I know. didn't look very hard but i couldn't find any proof of it i feel like at this point i i take what that family says with a grain of salt you know the what whole I mean? family the, the whole, whole family, family. <laughs> and if you if you aren't familiar please Take any quotes that are said by anyone besides an actual professional doctor, police officer. <laughs> with a grain of salt. With a grain of salt. <laughs> um, so Dee Dee's parents were in one of the documentaries that I watched called Mommy, Dead, and Dearest, which is actually one that Gypsy Rose herself participates in and uh, says is fairly accurate um, with this story. And her mom, her stepmom, Laura, said, quote, she was a very filthy person if it didn't go her way. She'd see to it you would pay, and did we pay? End quote. Damn. The Damn. family speculates that after Dee Dee's mom died in 1997, that Dee Dee just fucking lost it. And they also speculate that maybe she had something to do with her mom's death. And at the minimum, there are claims that she had been starving her mother in her last days. Uh, again, allegedly. <laughs> goodness yeah and the cousin bobby again is quoted in the documentary as saying she thinks that she might have bipolar or or he thinks that Something. she might have bipolar or multiple personalities but whatever it was was weird and dark um, Fair. there is i can't remember which episode it was in or what show it was in but gypsy does say uh, that her mom had been diagnosed with bipolar and a few other mental health conditions mm. but i didn't make note of that for whatever reason i don't know why okay when Dee Dee was 24, she got pregnant by a man named Rod Blanchard, who was 17 at the time. They named their daughter Gypsy Rose because Dee Dee likes the name Gypsy and Rod was a fan of Guns N' Roses. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. So, I didn't know why they named her that. That's funny. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, shortly before Gypsy was born in July 1991, the couple separated because Rod realized that he got married for the wrong reasons. And in... Every interview that I've seen of him, when he talks about the marriage, he talks about how he was young and he grew up in the South and was basically taught, like, you get somebody pregnant, you marry them. Mm. Um, and so that's what he did. But he didn't actually have feelings for Dee Dee, not in that severe way of, like, being married and raising a child. And so he did resist those efforts from Dee Dee to return because it wasn't for the right reasons. And so then she took Gypsy to live with her family in uh, Louisiana. And according to Rod, who did remain involved with his daughter at this point, um, by the time Gypsy was three months old, her mother was convinced that she had sleep apnea and began taking her to the hospital where she would stay overnight multiple times and had to use like a sleep monitor and other tests. But um, they never found any signs of the condition in her. Okay. So interesting. 
Um, Dee Dee then became convinced that her daughter had a wide range of health issues that she attributed to a unspecified chromosomal disorder um, that was causing her to have these um, medical conditions. At some point, um, Dee Dee claimed that Gypsy had muscular dystrophy and made her use a walker. And Gypsy said that when she was seven or eight, she was riding her grandfather's motorcycle when they were involved in a really minor accident where she suffered, she got a scrape on her knee. And her mother said the doctors had given her a wheelchair that she would have to use until it healed. The few days turned into few weeks, turned into few months that then subsequently turned into years and years of having to use this Hold wheelchair. Okay. So that was the reason she was in a wheelchair? Yeah. Is because well, she got a scrape on her leg one time from, okay, I get it. Like a motorcycle, like that could be terrible, but like, really? Yeah. That's how they, that's how Didi, that's what Gypsy says Didi started the wheelchair. But then that's, of course, Didi then continued to claim that Gypsy has muscular dystrophy, that she has other medical conditions uh, that we'll get into in a little bit um, that would have caused her weakness and inability to walk and that type of thing. Um, that's insane that. Yeah. Okay. I'll get into it in a second. Continue. <laughs> um, Gypsy stopped going to school after about second grade possibly even as early as kindergarten. And in her arraignment, she says herself that she stopped in second grade. Um, supposedly, Dee Dee homeschooled her after that, but that was because her illnesses were so severe. Um, but it's believed that that was actually an attempt to isolate Gypsy even further to further the abuse. Mm. Um, and apparently, Dee Dee, or sorry, Gypsy managed to learn to read on her own through Harry Potter books. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so then Dee Dee moved in with her father and stepmother. And they later said that when she was preparing food for her stepmother, Dee Dee poisoned it with Roundup weed killer that led to the stepmom Laura's chronic illness that she had during that period that they were living with her. Yo, this family's fucking crazy, bro. <laughs> what the fuck? Also, during that time, Dee Dee was arrested for several minor offenses, including writing bad checks, and spent a few months in jail. And while she was in jail, Dee Dee's mom took care of Gypsy. When okay. the Petries began to regularly confront her about her treatment of Gypsy and express suspicion about her role in her stepmother's ill health, Dee Dee left with her child for New Orleans or for a suburb of New Orleans called Slidell. And her mom, her stepmom's health returned to normal, like really quickly after that. In Slidell, they lived in public housing. They paid their bills with Rod's child support and public assistance that Dee Dee had been granted due to Gypsy's supposed medical conditions. They saw lots of specialists, mostly at the Tulane Medical Center and Children's Hospital of New Orleans. And that was seeking treatment for illnesses that Dee Dee claimed Gypsy Rose had, which at this point now includes hearing and vision problems she just keeps adding to the list yeah <laughs> I mean. um at this point also they did perform a muscle biopsy to check for muscular dystrophy but guess what it was negative but actually yeah. came back positive anyways um there was no results or the results found no sign of the condition in gypsy but unfortunately while that was the case, Dee Dee was still able to receive treatment for many of the other conditions that she reported Gypsy had. And after she told doctors that Gypsy had seizures every few months, they prescribed anti-seizure medication. 
During this time, several surgeries were performed on Gypsy, and Dee Dee regularly took Gypsy to the emergency room for minor minor sicknesses, injuries, that type of thing. Okay, so they did a test on Gypsy, realized, mm-hmm. hey, actually, this young lady doesn't even have muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. So, so what was the mom talking about? And then proceeded to be like, oh, she doesn't have muscular dystrophy. I don't know why you're saying that. Oh, wait a minute. She has seizures? Yeah, here's seizure medication. What else can Versus, we do for you? Like, what can you? There are tests to check for seizure disorders. <laughs> There's lots of them, actually. So, why didn't you test? You can do a muscle biopsy. You can cut into a child's body and take a piece of their muscle, but you can't put some electrodes for- on their head to check for seizure disorders. And then, and then, like, I'm I'm curious and I'm sure you're probably going to get into this but okay cool like if that's public like okay cool like hey yo young lady gypsy has not does not have muscular dystrophy at some point it's just kind of like hey Dee Dee, why is your daughter still in a wheelchair mm-hmm. she doesn't need it and then nobody questioned it well I mean to be fair the actual test results wouldn't have been public um to like other people you know what i mean like that's the laws were pretty similar to how they are now back then as far as like hipaa and that type of thing so Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have been able to just like send a letter to her dad send a letter to her grandpa you know that type of thing so whatever dd said dd they could have told her right then at the doctor's appointment that it was negative and then she comes home and she's like oh no it was positive Mm. you know what i mean and they have no reason to believe that yeah, well, I mostly meant for the doctors, like medical profession. Like nobody questioned it. Like nobody was like, "That's true." You know what I mean? Like nobody was like, mm-hmm. "Why? Why does your daughter still in a wheelchair? Why are you?" Like that should raise red flags. Like she doesn't actually no, have agree. muscular dystrophy, and then I'm just because... going to prescribe her seizure medication, even though the math isn't mathing on your yeah. end. Like that doesn't no. make sense to me. I could see like if it was in the same hospital. Like I went to the muscular doctor in this hospital and then now we're going to the neurologist in the same hospital they would in theory have access to the records for the hospital right right but if you went to a different hospital without giving them permission to release records i don't believe that that would have been legally allowed um so i think that's another thing that um okay, worked in yeah. dd's advantage i guess is that there's a lot of maybe not back then but at least currently mm. there is a lot of like HIPAA and privacy laws that prevent even doctors from sharing lots mm. of information about patients without patient consent. Um, okay. So, I mean, that I would make know. sense. That's crazy. Didi, uh, she knew what she was doing at the very least. She she did yeah. her research. Um, well, she actually was a nurse's aide at one point, so I that think would make sense. that um, that makes we, sense. Actually, we did, or kind of played a part into it as well. Um, according to Gypsy, her mom said that quote she had asthma, epilepsy hearing impaired, vision impaired, fed with a feeding tube, paralyzed from the waist down, slow, so retardation, her words, not mine, among with among other things that I can't remember. I just can't remember them, end quote. Damn. And you got to think. Oh. So I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I mean, you got to think from her, her perspective. Could you imagine, like, going home one day and then just, like, sitting down? You just got home from the doctor, right? You're like, damn. I have muscular dystrophy and your mom's like, yeah, now get in here and take your asthma medication. Like at some point you gotta, you gotta wonder if she was like, when the fuck did I get asthma? Like, okay, yeah. like I'll do it. But when the fuck <laughs> did that happen? Like I'll touch on that a little bit too. Um, 
Because in other things that happened to Gypsy was that she had multiple surgeries throughout her childhood, including gastrointestinal procedures, eye procedures, and removal of her salivary glands to control her reported drooling. Gypsy claimed later that her mom induced the drooling by using a topical anesthetic to numb her gums before doctor visits. And... Then, of course, the lack of salivary glands coupled with the side effects from the anti-seizure medication that she was given caused her already few teeth that she had from, you know, Mm. other procedures and probably not great dental care um, caused her teeth to decay to the point to where the majority of her teeth were actually extracted or the front teeth specifically and replaced with a bridge, which is like a temporary dental or a permanent dental device. Damn. Damn. Yep. I mean, say what you want. At least, Dee, Dee I, listen, and this isn't in her favor at all, but God dang it if she didn't do her research. Yeah, she was in on it. <laughs> yeah, she uh, was. She was up on top of it, which is amazing because this is all like pre-Google, right? This is like late 90s, <laughs> right. early 2000s. If she could have applied that to something actually useful, she could have been a millionaire. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, Dee Dee told Gypsy's dad, Rod, that Gypsy would not live to be past 18 years old. Um, there's no scientific substantiation for this though, or medical reasoning for this. This is just what she said. And then Gypsy says that, quote, I was just as in, as much in the dark as everyone else. The only thing I knew was that I could walk. As for everything else, you had the leukemia and the epilepsy. I was taking medication that she said was cancer medicine. She would shave my head and say, well, if it's going to fall out anyways, so let's mm. just keep it nice and neat. I just went on blind faith that a mother knows best, end quote. Mm. But the downside is that all of these medications that she was taking for no reason caused more side effects that the doctors now Mm -hmm. had to treat because, and those are actual side effects, but they're only being caused because she's taking medication she doesn't fucking need. So um, I think we said this the other day when we were talking about this case, but yo, I am both glad for her sake and also just like impressed that she even lived through this. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's a lot. Yeah. Um, So then after hurricane Katrina in 2005, um, Dee Dee and Gypsy relocated to Missouri And that's when Dee Dee started to say that Gypsy's medical records, including her birth certificate, had been destroyed in the flooding and damage from the hurricane. At first, they lived in a home that they rented in Aurora, which is in southwestern Missouri. And then in 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a small home with a wheelchair ramp and a hot tub as part of a project they were working on in Springfield. And that's when they moved there. Hmm. Of course, the story of a single mother with a severely disabled yeah, daughter. It'll get them every time. Was forced to flee Katrina's devastation, received amazing amounts of yeah. local media attention. Yeah. And the community often pitched in to help the woman who now at this point is going by Claudine, Claudinea Blanchard with an E at the end. And they knew her as Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, when they, I, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that'll do it every time. You just have a kid and then claim mental disabilities, mental illness, medical natural, conditions, medical yeah. conditions, natural disaster took I mean, away my house. Because of course, yeah. if you see a young child with a, especially a terminal illness, you're going to want to do whatever you can to help. They're mm-hmm. so young. They haven't even had a chance to live their life yet. If there's something that I can do to personally make your life, their life easier, of course, I'm going to help however I can. Mm hmm. 
Except that the problem is the gypsy's not fucking sick. <laughs> but you put a kid like, in there. You put a kid in there, man. That'll pull at the heartstrings of all of America. Like, that's why people on the side of the road. Listen, and I'm also not saying, like, if you're homeless and you're holding up a sign that says, like, need help, eat food. Probably do need food. But I, as a general rule of thumb. It pulls at your heartstrings. If you put have kids, need food, and then go rent a kid from your best friend for three hours mm -hmm. and then just put him over there. Like, that kid yeah. don't even look like him, but that's his kid. I'm going to drop it, him a five. It, Everybody has a soft spot for kids. Everybody does. They have no control over the situation that they're in. They can't go out and get a job and feed themselves. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, so yeah. But while they were in Louisiana, they had um, spent a lot of time with occasional stays in the Ronald McDonald houses. In Missouri, they received free flights to see doctors at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. Kansas City. Free trips to Walt Disney World, backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts. Hey, yo. Um, via the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And she was apparently, I don't know why this is relevant. I just put it in here. Apparently, Dee Dee and Gypsy were very frequently photographed with Miranda Lambert. Interesting. I, I mean, I'm not sure. Um, during this hmm. time, Rod is also continuing to make his monthly child support payments of $1,200 a month as well as sending Gypsy gifts and occasionally talking to her on the phone. Um, during one call, which was on her 18th birthday, he recalls Dee Dee telling him not to mention Gypsy's real age since Gypsy thinks she's only 14 and doesn't understand. Her mental like capacity is lower than what it should be as someone who's her age. And that's how she kind of got away with Gypsy thinking that she is younger than she actually is. Because in case you didn't know, that's what she did for like many years was lie about D Gypsy's age. Yeah, I did know that. That's insane. And then imagine that. Like, God, dude, as like as a kid, imagine finding out that you're like four years older than you actually mm -hmm. are. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, Rod and his new wife, Christy, had tried to get to Springfield multiple times to visit Gypsy. And for a variety of reasons, Dee Dee always changed the plans. She told her neighbors in Springfield that Gypsy's father was an abusive drug addict and alcoholic who had never come to terms with Gypsy's health issues and never sent them any money, which is like 100% not true. He's mm. sending them actually a really large amount of child support. Every like, month. Yeah. That's a mm. really large amount for one child. That's a yeah. lot. Dang. Good for him. My man I mean, found he tried to be as involved as he could be. Um, yeah. I mean, there are people who say, well, he could have been more involved. Like, why didn't he just force his way up there if he knew where they were? Or um, how did he not know that she was being abused? And to be fair, I think Dee Dee really limited contact with the two mm -hmm. of them. Uh, phone calls, that type of thing. Uh, but also, Dee Dee had a habit of using physical abuse to control Gypsy as well. One of the things that comes up in a few of the documentaries and um, Gypsy's book as well is always holding her hand in the presence of other people. And when she said something that when Gypsy said something that suggested she was not genuinely sick or seemed beyond what her mental capacity was supposedly to be, she recalls that her mom would squeeze her hand really tight and that type of thing. And she also says, quote, she'd hit with a hang a coat hanger or her palm and I'd have so many slaps depending on what and how severe it was that I did, end quote. Jeez. Yo, what the fuck? What the French toast? I don't even, like, how do you? I mean, we know how this ended. We do. Yeah, we do. Um, 
But there's a light at the in the middle of the tunnel, I guess. There was a doctor, Dr. Bernardo Flasterstein, who was a pediatric neurologist who saw Gypsy when they were in Springfield. He actually became suspicious of her muscular dystrophy diagnosis and ordered MRIs and blood tests, which, again, found no abnormalities. Mm. And he says in the uh, in the Mommy Dead and Dearest documentary, I think that was which, the one that I that it was in. Either way, he was in one of the documentaries that I watched. And I'll um, say at some point all the sources that I have, probably like at the end or something. Gotcha. Um, quote, one of the things that was a big discrepancy was that for a person that has not walked for nine years or for years in general, she should have technically almost no muscles in her lower extremities. But she did have no- muscles mm. that looked quite normal. And she was able to support her body weight. I remember her standing. So I had a big doubt about the whole thing from the beginning. End quote. Good. I mean, for real. Like, that's what that's what I was, like, trying to say is, like, is you're, you're going to doctors frequently. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that it took so long for somebody to be, like, did you say muscular dystrophy? Because... Mm-hmm. She kind of like is fine though. Yeah. And in one of his reports, he wrote, Mother is not a good historian, which in doctor terms is like you can't really trust what the mom says about the mm-hmm. daughter's medical history. And after contacting Gypsy's other doctors in New Orleans, he learned that her original muscle biopsy had come back negative, which of course undermines her reported diagnosis of yeah. muscular dystrophy, as well as the testing that he ran as well. And it also undermines her claim that all her records had been destroyed in the flooding. Because if that was the case, unless the doctor just remembered Gypsy Rose, how would he have known, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? What the test showed. Right. Um, So at this point, he suspects a syndrome called Munchausen Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And at this point also, Didi is trying to gain access to his notes. And then, of course finds the notes, sees the speculation and mom's not a good historian. He mentions in his notes what he's, you know, is Mm -hmm. suspecting. And she, so she stops taking Gypsy to see him. And he did not follow up by reporting Dee Dee to social services because he said that other doctors had told him to treat the pair with like golden gloves and actually doubted that the authorities would believe him anyways because there's so many so much evidence to suggest otherwise. Mm. Um, I think I get into this, but if I don't, just in case, they were doing all sorts of like conventions, um, like media interviews. They were getting a lot of like local media attention, especially um, from different organizations looking mm-hmm. to help them, that type of thing. I mean, they got this house for free. They were getting free Make-A-Wish stuff. Like we said, free flights, all this getting- stuff. Getting to hang out with Miranda Lambert, and it was being, for, for free. Yeah. yeah, like, and it was being publicized. Yeah, you're, yeah. So it's wild. Between all of this, they have all this evidence. They were doing interviews. They were on talk shows. They were on all sorts of stuff. And between all of this, no one has suspected anything. So why would the authorities believe this doctor? Is what he felt. I have a question, mm-hmm. and you're you're probably going to get into this, but has it ever been completely confirmed that the mom actually did have Munchausen's by proxy? Like, was that no? Uh, because she's not here anymore, so they can't run a psychological yeah. eva- evaluation on her. Um, but based on the symptoms, based on the behaviors and that type of thing, um, experts really do believe that that is the case. Um, I actually have a quote 
here from a clinical psychologist and Munchausen expert called Dr. Mark Feldman, who says, quote, Munchausen by proxy involves a caregiver who either feigns or induces illness in her children, and her goal is some kind of emotional gratis- gratification. Uh, basically, could be to make sure that the child never leaves their care, could be... Uh, Mm. attention looking for you know the attention of being a good mom anything like that Um, so it's really highly like suspected that that's what it was among maybe other potential mental health conditions as well yeah that's fair i mean no it makes sense like she had something something was going on Mm -hmm. for sure but it's interesting i we're gonna get into some some weirder stuff kind of like later on in this episode but i will say dude like there is a large part of you, that, dude, you have to kind of feel slightly sorry for Gypsy Rose. I mean, you do have yes, to feel sorry. Absolutely. Like, she's a girl who literally was failed by her mother, her family, doctors, by neighbors, by social neighbors. services, everybody. Like, the people that are designed and put in place to help, like you said, neighbors, social services, make a wish, like doctors, all of these people that are put in places mm-hmm. to help the public failed her so Mm -hmm. drastically through so many years like dude it is it's sad like yeah it's really sad and i mean i'll say this again later too no one at all ever at least us i can't speak for anybody else i will never try to say that she is not a victim of abuse or survivor of abuse um she is no she's also lots of other things (laughs) but she definitely is she definitely is a victim of abuse. Yeah, yeah, a exactly. lot. Yeah, it's crazy. And another thing that Dee Dee would do too is when they would go to different types of doctors, she would change the like medical history based on that doctor. For example, when they went to a cardiologist, she would say that the entire family has died of heart attacks. So that increases, in theory, you know, gypsies, for example, risk of having a cardiac condition um things like that and that's reported in the documentary um Mm. where they her lawyer had obtained all of gypsy's medical records and they're going through it with her dad and they're just like yeah well she told this doctor that it was a cardiologist and she told them that everybody died of heart attacks including Mm -hmm. you and all these other people you know so there's just no fact checking in this you know everybody died of heart heart attacks can you show me their death certificates can you show me medical records that show that they did or was it some other condition you know of something else that caused a heart attack or you know what i mean like no one was doing any of this like i think dude i i get it like there's like a whole thing and and Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say too much right now just because of like we're gonna get into that later, but the doctors yes. should also be looked investigated. at like yeah. the doctors should also be investigated. It's fucking unacceptable, dude. Mm-hmm. Fucking ridiculous. But anyway, there's no way. I mean, you I know that people doctors see a lot of patients every day sometimes. Um but like when if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. You know what I mean? Like as a wise she's... person once said, <laughs> like, like there are lots of things like, or what's the other saying for doctors? Like if you hear horse beefs or horse hoof beats, think horses, not zebras. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, think of something more realistic than yeah. something else. Like, like that's the whole point of that saying is like think of the most realistic situation and is that the most realistic situation is that this child did not have all of these conditions all at once because god not damn to it. say it's impossible 
I'm sure that there are children who've had at least some sort of amalgamation of some of these conditions altogether, but all of them, all God, of them. God damn it, dude. I have gone to the doctor before to try and get diagnosed with strep throat because I want to go into work mm-hmm. the next day. And the doctor's been like, you're fine. I'm not giving you a doctor's note. If I, if I knew that all I had to do was be like, strep throat runs in my family, they'd be like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. yeah I'm not even doing I mean, a culture test. Here you go. Prescription. I don't understand how more testing wasn't done. Or, I mean, it sounds like they did a lot of testing. But, I mean, I'm talking like I can't even go into the doctor for a general physical without taking a pregnancy test. For real. They have to make sure that I don't somehow know that I'm not or not know that I'm pregnant. Like, they do all of these unreal uh, or ridiculous, unnecessary testing nowadays. Why weren't they doing this 10 years ago? Right. Like, it doesn't I, make sense. I mean, for real. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Well, um, in 2009, an anonymous caller had also told the police that Dee Dee used different names and birth dates for herself and Gypsy and suggested that Gypsy was in better health than she claimed to be, than Dee Dee claimed for her to be. Officers who performed the resulting wellness check accepted Dee Dee's explanation that she used the misinformation to make it harder for her ex husband to find them. So that's what she said. I'm using a different name and date of birth because my ex husband would try to find us. And without talking to him, because according to her, he's out of the picture, uninvolved, abusive and alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And based off of their interaction with Gypsy, she seemed genuinely mentally disabled. They just closed the investigation. Everybody failed this woman so terribly. And no doubt about it, not just Gypsy, but Dee Dee needed help too. Yeah. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? Absolutely. Like they were both in a situation in which they needed help and neither of them could get out of it. And mm-hmm. I don't know how much, I mean, obviously Gypsy wanted out of it a hell of a lot more than Dee Dee did, but at the minimum, <sighs> Dee Dee needed the help. She may not have wanted yeah. out of it because she was getting what she wanted, but she needed help to mm-hmm. be healthy. You know what I mean? To not mm-hmm. have to suffer from these mental conditions or at least to do it in a safe way, not only for her, but also for Gypsy yeah. to where they could both be safe and comfortable and live healthy, happy lives. Um, and of course, we talked about it already, I think, but apparently Gypsy's birth certificate was destroyed in the floods, which we all know is not true mm-hmm. because nothing was destroyed in the floods for, for them, for lots of other people it was. Mm-hmm. But it's really sucky that they capitalized on that or that Dee Dee capitalized on that and made it seem like she was the one who was impacted when it didn't seem to have that much of an impact on her specifically. Yeah. Um, but she did at least forge one copy of her birth certificate and changed the birth date to 1995 to bolster more claims that Gypsy is still a teenager. And Gypsy later said in an interview that for 14 years, she was not sure of how old she is. Dee also claimed... That's so insane. Yes, I know. I mean, I can't imagine... I like. I guess in theory, it could have happened to any of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. If your mom told you you were five instead of four, or, you know, opposite, four instead of five, you know... um, (laughs) I might actually be 32 right now. I don't fucking know. Of course, since she claimed the original had um, been destroyed in Katrina flooding, Dee Dee also kept the original copy with Gypsy's real birth date. And Gypsy recalls seeing it during one of their hospital visits and becoming really confused because, of course, she sees that she's supposedly, you know, four years older than she actually is. 
And Dee Dee just tells her, well, it was a misprint. They messed up. They messed up your date of birth. That's all it is. Like, it's don't worry. You were born in 1995. There's also some reports that said that she that Dee Dee said that Gypsy was born in 1993 as well. So kind of varying between those few years. See, that's another thing to me. Like, I, 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 I personally have people right now in my life that mm-hmm. I will be talking to and like they will tell me things and I'm like, okay, like all these things went wrong. And like the first time these things went wrong, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, that sucks. Like that makes sense. And then the second time something goes wrong, it's like, okay, like, damn, like you've had a really rough week. Like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Like, okay. Like if you need my help, let me know. Mm-hmm. And then the third time something goes wrong, it's like, yo, you are, uh, you're just like a, you're like a magnet for these types of things. And then the fourth yeah. time, the fifth time, the sixth time, like at some point, for me, and maybe I'm just more skeptical than most, I don't know. But for me, whenever people are telling me things like all oh, this went wrong and all these things are just so drastic. My daughter has mm-hmm. cancer. My daughter has muscular dystrophy. My daughter has this. My daughter has that. Blah, 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 blah. Like at some point, family, friends, like somebody has to be like, okay. Man, what the fuck? You know? Nobody has that much bad luck and it sucks because when you say something like that it feels like victim blaming right like like, what are you doing to cause something like this to continue to happen to you right and it's like or what did you who did you piss off in a past life for real for this to continue to happen you know and it's like it's unfair because it's not the victim's fault it's not the person you you know Mm. they're not perpetrating this they didn't ask for this they don't have any control over this but it's also like fuck why didn't somebody anybody realize something was wrong that's what i'm saying i'm not that's what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah. and i know that you understand this but seriously like yeah i'm not saying like if Didi actually needed help like fine get Mm -hmm. it but that's not her job necessarily like i feel like most of the time mentally ill people don't know it right and even if they do that takes a lot of pride mm-hmm. to go like, don't act like you guys don't go to therapy half the time because you have to swallow your pride and go, I'm one of those people. I'm guilty as that. Like I won't go to yeah. therapy because it I'm takes, too prideful to go to therapy. It takes a lot of self-awareness to be right. able to accept that you have a, a, a problem, not a problem, a concern, something going on and you need help. Right. And a lot of people don't get to that point or they don't get to that point on their own without support from the outside. Yeah. And they just didn't have nobody. Nobody was like, I'm going to look into this because it's weird, except for one doctor one time. And then like it took Mm -hmm. it took it took I fucking took her murdering her fucking mom for this to even be a thing. Like spoiler. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. Sorry. Spoilers. But (laughs) seriously, I mean, we already said her mom was dead. So, Um, yeah, but it just doesn't make any sense. I just don't get it. Like, like the system is obviously so fucked they could Mm. not realize this and because of that it led to this point Mm -hmm. regardless of any other concerns causes reasoning for it it is not not just because of that but that is one of the biggest causes of getting to the point of where we are now because Mm -hmm. no one noticed no one paid attention no one helped them it's not the only cause but it is one of the biggest causes yeah um, but yeah, another thing that Dee Dee and Gypsy would do a lot was attend science, sci-fi and fantasy con- conventions, and they've done that since 2001. 
they would sometimes dress up and go in costume. And it was kind of so that Gypsy would blend into the diverse and inclusive communities in her wheelchair um, and just kind of be a fun place for them to go. But it was still um, a, a thing that Dee Dee could have control over her. She had to be right on top of her because she's the one helping her maneuver through the crowd mm-hmm. with her wheelchair, that type of thing. Um, and at an event in 2011, Gypsy talks about the first time she ran away from home with a man that she met at a convention called Vision Con, which Ooh. is a sci-fi convention. He told her to pack her stuff and come live with her in Arkansas or live with him in Arkansas. So she did. She somehow got out of her house, somehow got away from her mom, and they went to a hotel. And within four hours, Dee Dee found her because they had mutual friends, the guy and Dee Dee, and took her back home. Now, here's where it gets really crazy. Dee Dee then used a pair of handcuffs and a dog leash to tie Gypsy to a bed for two weeks. She also... Two fucking weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that <laughs> time, also, Dee Dee smashed Gypsy's computer and phone that she had and threatened with a hammer and then threatened to do the same thing to Gypsy's fingers if she ever tried to escape again. Now, um, another thing that happened during that time was... Dee Dee had told Gypsy that she had filed paperwork with the police complaining that Gypsy was or uh, claiming that Gypsy was mentally incompetent, leading Gypsy to believe that if she even attempted to go to the police for help, they would not believe her or could not help her. Yeah, that's real. Damn. And then um, shortly after being freed from her bed, after she'd been tied down, she attempted to escape again. This time, she shot her mother with a BB gun. But she thought it was a real gun. Yeah. Damn. I mean, so... Oh, 10 she times, she tr- she tried to so she what the fuck so she thought it was yeah. a real gun so she got a gun she yeah. thought it was a real gun mm-hmm. and then she tried to shoot her mother ten times ten times yeah which okay I mean I mean on one hand I mean you understand why she did it yeah. I get it but that's a I mean lot. if you had just been tied to a bed for two weeks with the with handcuffs and a oh, fucking you're dog leash so mad wouldn't you. Yeah, like, there would so be a angry. reaction. I don't mm-hmm. know if I would try to shoot my parents. I mean, my parents have pissed me off immensely throughout my life, and I've never tried to hurt them. But mm. it's not the same situation. You, mm-hmm. you can't compare it. I wasn't being abused by my parents the way that she was. Yeah, and you've just been also told that the police can't help you. The social workers couldn't help you either because remember they came and already tried. Uh, none of the doctors have been able to help you. None of your neighbors have noticed any of this. So. What, what I mean, yeah, do? the I guess I would say that too, right? Like the feeling of being trapped has to be, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I'm not sure there is such a thing as being more trapped than Gypsy Rose <clears throat> was in her life. Like mm-hmm. that's, I, you, I don't think it's possible to get more trapped than that. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's wild. And I don't know if you told me or if I heard it, if I read it in, or saw it in one of the documentaries, but I think there was also reports that, Dee Dee didn't 
Didi then claimed what the something that, about the injuries mm-hmm. from the BB gun mm-hmm. was no, like, yeah. So yeah, after 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 Gypsy shot her mother, um, the story behind that, yeah. So um, I'm gonna bring that up a bit later too. So okay. just gonna come back to that, but yeah, Gypsy shot her mother, um, yeah, like you said, ten times. Her mother then had some superficial wounds because, like, I mean, obviously, like, you get shot point blank range sometimes with a BB mm-hmm. gun. You're gonna get cut. You're gonna get cut up a bit. You're gonna get hurt. Bruised, um, yeah, bruised, yeah. But uh, her mother actually went to anybody that would listen and told them that she got robbed in a Walmart parking lot, and mm-hmm. those wounds were from her um, basically defending her and Gypsy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, here's another, um, not plot twist, turning table. I don't know. The next part of where it gets into is, I mean, without going over the more extensively, extensively of the abuse that she went through. I mean, we can all agree that it's pretty fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, she meets someone. Oh, on October 9th, 2012. Okay. Now. Gypsy had been using the internet without her mom's permission when her mom would go to Makes bed. Um, so she had obtained computer or phone or laptop, uh, you know, tablet, something like that, and was using the internet after her mom went to bed. And on October 9th, 2012, she made contact online with a man named Nicholas Godijan. Oh, I thought you were going to say Flamel. I don't know why. And I knew where we were going. <laughs> But in my head, I was like, Nicholas Flamel? No, that's not it. Uh, they met on a Christian dating site. And um, I don't know how old Nick was. I never, I don't know why that didn't come up in my research, but he was fairly close to her age. Um, <laughs> that's he... a good question. I have no idea either. <laughs> and all of my research was on him. So I yeah. failed my bad. He was reportedly diagnosed by his mother with autism and Asperger's, which at the time was a thing. Asperger's is not a thing anymore. Um, As far as I know, it's something different. But essentially, he was on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And in... um, I can't think of the name of it right now. Snapped Killer Couples, Season 12, Episode 1. This episode is mostly about Nick and his experience, his side of things. It was his first interview post trial post like sentencing that type of thing his mom says that his that nick's doctor said that his mind is always going to be around the level of like a 15 to 16 year old Mm -hmm. and um just in case it matters he had been arrested in 2013 after allegedly watching porn in a mcdonald's for nine hours and masturbating nine hours i'm not sure if he watched it for the whole nine hours and they just didn't know he was watching porn and then he started masturbating i mean because i can't imagine he just sat there masturbating for nine hours and nobody fucking noticed i I mean and then all of a sudden it's a problem homie's been there for your whole shift i don't know if he's putting in work i feel like (laughs) listen (laughs) i'm not gonna touch this continue (laughs) Um, They also, at the time of his arrest, reportedly found a large knife in his possession. And so, of course, he was charged with indecency or public indecent exposure or something along those lines. crazy. A year into their relationship, Gypsy could not lie to him anymore and opened up to Nick about what was going on at her home. 
Uh, one night, Gypsy hadn't been online for a while at around until around 10 p.m., which seemed like a normal thing to me if she wasn't allowed to be on the computer until her mom went to bed. I don't know why it's a while when she's not normally allowed on anyways, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And she shared how her and her mom had been in a fight and Dee Dee hit her. Mm. Dee Dee also shared that the real reason that her and Nick could not be together was because she was a prisoner in her own home. Yeah, And she also fair. told Nick that in 2011 is when she found out that her mom had been lying about her age. Mm. Damn. So this relationship online continues for quite a while. So they oh. met in 2012 online and it continues online for a very a long time. Mm-hmm. And in 2014, Gypsy confided, confided to her neighbor, Aaliyah, um, who is a 23-year-old, who at the time was unaware that Gypsy was actually closer to her own age and actually considered herself kind of like a big sister to Gypsy. That's cool. Gypsy confided that she and Godijan had discussed eloping and had even chosen names for their potential children. And Aaliyah tried to talk her out of it because she thought she was too young because, again, she thinks she's many years younger Mm -hmm. than she actually is and that she could potentially be being taken advantage of by a sexual predator. Mm. She considered Gypsy Rose's plans, quote, just fantasies and dreams and nothing like this would ever really take place, end quote. Now, the reason for that is because Gypsy's reportedly very many years younger than she actually is. Right. But she was also very much obsessed with like fairy tales and princesses Mm. and watched a lot of Disney. She even still to this day says she's a Disney fan. Um, And I mean, same, but whatever. Unironically or ironically, I'm not sure. Her favorite movie is Tangled. Have you seen it? Do you know what it's about? I mean, I yeah, about a girl being trapped in like a castle yeah a girl trapped in a tower by her evil in in it's a retelling of rapunzel so in rapunzel Mm -hmm. it's a girl trapped in a tower by an evil witch who kidnapped her and now she's stuck there until the prince comes and saves her Mm. tangled is retelling more modernly um, but it's the same idea a girl is kidnapped by an evil witch she's locked into a tower someone comes and saves her and they run away and they conquer the kingdom together yeah which sounds a lot like being forced to live in a wheelchair and be medically abused for your whole life until someone comes along and saves you and takes you away and you live a fantasy dream life. That's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's fair. And I mean, to to be fair though, you also can't blame her for that either because that's all she had ever been taught. Like hanging out with, was it Miranda Lambert hanging out like with all these celebrities getting sent to like for all these like make a wish things. Yeah. I mean, her life was Disneyland terrible but also like because of the lies she also is able to do a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't get to do which again not saying that's a plus i'm sure she probably would have traded that in for a normal life for freedom yeah yeah Yeah, and i mean also to be fair her mom is claiming that she's x amount of years younger than she actually is so of course she's gonna make like if she's only allowed to watch certain things why would she be allowed to watch things like scary movies and radar movies and things like that anything that could possibly indicate to gypsy that anything is wrong Mm -hmm. she's gonna let her watch cartoons and animated movies and princess disney movies and things like that that are related to something that someone who her age is supposedly at right watch yeah that's true um despite 
you know, of course, Dee Dee's efforts to prevent her from using the internet, which went as far as destroying the phone and the laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, Gypsy did, of course, maintain contact with Aaliyah, but they were neighbors. And Aaliyah had actually saved printouts of Gypsy's posts over the years um, until 2014. However, Gypsy had five separate Facebook accounts that she used to contact Nick and maybe other online friends that she had. Um Mainly Nick, but Hmm. other people too, I'm assuming, you know. And Gypsy says that as their relationship progressed, Nick began talking about BDSM and she said that she didn't want to do it, but he talked her into it. And at one point, Hmm. according to the Snapped Killer Couples episode, he actually sent her a bill of sale implying ownership of Gypsy by Nick interesting well that's not Which great i know in some bdsm dynamics there are like contracts and things in place that um are meant to keep both parties safe right and mm. you know the agreements and the rules and that type of thing um but i don't think that's what this was this feels to me like i wrote it on a piece of notebook paper and took a picture of it with my camera flip phone you know what i mean yeah i do um Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, At some point during their relationship also, Nick's ex-girlfriend messaged Gypsy and told her that Nick is a bad guy who thinks that he's a vampire. But Gypsy just kind of thought it was a bitter ex-girlfriend and that she was jealous of her and Nick's relationship. Mm -hmm. However, both Nick and Gypsy claim that he has multiple personalities And Gypsy says that she made up a few personalities to match his so that they would get along during different calls, depending on which personality was showing at the time of their contact. Mm -hmm. Would you like to hear about those personalities? Um, Do I want to? No, but I (laughs) will. Yeah. Okay. Um, Now, at least there's only the ones that I have. I don't know if there was others, but I between different shows uh different documentaries and things i was able to kind of compile this information together Mm. um what i could find was there are five sides to gypsy one is called kitty and that would be her like little girl side Mm. and it was best friends that that side of her was best friends with sorry nick's little boy side and they always got along they played together had fun they enjoyed each other's company the next one is called Candy. I, I know that they're like, I know that they're like, you know, doing their own thing. And if that mm-hmm. worked for them, great. If I'm with a woman and she's like, you want to role play? All right, cool, whatever. And then she's like, I'm a little girl. I'd be like, I got to go, actually. I'm going to head out. Uh, I mean, not welcome it's here definitely anymore. alarming. Everyone yeah. has their own fetishes and things that, that they enjoy. I'm not kink shaming. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But. And there is certainly um, a BDSM dynamic that involves, like, a little girl persona. Um, Mm -hmm. Do your thing, right? Like, get your rocks off. Uh, Just don't do what they did. Still, yeah, yeah. Please, you know, please don't murder. Do it safely. Do it responsibly. Do it with people you trust. And don't murder other people in the process. And don't write somebody a bill of sale unless they're into it yeah unless they're into it uh which according to gypsy she wasn't 
Um, yeah. However, they did also have this online relationship for like three years prior to anything mm-hmm. happening. So um, the next side is Candy. That's um, Gypsy's slutty side. And it reportedly got along really well with Nick's sexual side. None of Nick's personalities have names except the vampire who's supposedly named Victor. So he did have a vampire. Fucking Victor. Um, the Vi- Victor, a.k.a. vampire, a.k.a. evil side. Mm-hmm. Which evil side. got along with Gypsy's evil side. That was called oh. Ruby. So there's Ruby and Victor. Ruby Rose and Victor. Got it. Yeah. Um, speaking of Rose, Gypsy also has a side of her called Rose, which is her most mature side. And that's the part that Nick said was his absolute favorite side. I guess her. that's promising. Um, the next side, is, the last one, is Bella. And that was Gypsy's romantic side. And that got along with, well with Nick's regular personality, his good side. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, there's a quote from Gypsy that says, It was deaf, dumb, blind love, and sometimes it was crazy love. End quote. Which, I don't know okay. why I put that there. Yeah, I thought I it was kind of an interesting quote, but it the <clears throat> whole point is that it was kind of all over the place for them. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> That's absolutely it's wild. Again, unless you're into it, changing and listen I, let's move on that's I, there's so much yeah. that we could talk about I, there's <clears throat> that's wrong for so many reasons i shouldn't have to tell you why let's move on anyways so in march 2015 um gypsy had decided that she was ready to meet nick and but she knew her mom would not allow it so she arranged and paid for nick to meet her mother in springfield her plan was to just casually bump into them while or for him to casually bump into them while her and Didi were at a movie theater, both of them in costume, um, to see the movie Cinderella when it first premiered in theaters. I picture and apparently him just, I picture him just walking in like a blue dress. Him? Yeah, just walking in like no, a blue he dress. Was, oh, he was not in Harry costume. Chess. Gypsy and Didi were. I still picture it. I want to live in a um... world where he was in a blue dress, <laughs> Megan. Okay, fine. He wore a blue dress. Who knows what he wore? Thank you. Um, but the goal was apparently that if maybe they met in a very natural and organic way at a movie theater where Dee Dee witnessed it, that it would strike up a relationship and then, you know, kind of move on from there. Uh, at the time, it was just Dee Dee, Gypsy, and Nick in the movie theater. There mm-hmm. was no one else. Um, in the Snapped Killer Couples episode, Nick claims that at at the beginning, of course, Gypsy had been sitting in the um, area where wheelchairs, like the wheelchair accessible area, and then Dee Dee was sitting next to her, and he sat mm. in the road directly behind or next to Gypsy. It was it wasn't clear, and then at some point, Dee Dee was like, "Wait, what the fuck? Like you're a lone man by yourself, no kids, no girlfriend, in the middle of the day, going to see Cinderella, and now you're sitting next to the girl who is." according to her visible looks potentially disabled seems a little creepy so Dee i mean Dee i gets could up... see how that seems creepy actually yeah, yeah absolutely so Dee, Dee gets up and moves and she tells gypsy to come with her but she doesn't and Dee, Dee doesn't notice i'm again this is based off of nick's you know telling of the story Dee, Dee doesn't notice that gypsy doesn't come because she's so like entranced in the movie so for a while they hang out they're holding hands like secretly under like 
Gypsy's dress or something, I guess. And then, like, during the movie when there was, like, kissing parts and stuff, they would kiss. Like, sneak a kiss. They're bold. They're bold. Yes. Now, at some point, Gypsy says, hey, homie, let's go. And she leads Nick to the men's bathroom. And the mother was just, like, watching this? Like, I don't understand how that... The mom was, like, that... a few row ahead. A few rows just, ahead. And she just left her daughter? Like, what the fuck? And the plan was Gypsy leaves, and then Nick waits a few moments and then follows, which seems creepier to me than the other way around. Nick should have left first, and then Gypsy, but whatever. Um, Especially when your mom's already, like... we Like, she's already skeeved out. I'm you disappointed know? in Gypsy for this. She's a smart girl. She had planned so many runaways, and you really should have thought about yeah. that. Gypsy, if you're listening to this, you should have been smarter about that. Um. So, again, she leads him to the men's bathroom handicap stall where the two engage in mature adult activities together. Oh, like they were playing chess in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pull out a little chess board. Yeah, uh, yeah it's totally. real nice. Real good. Real um, good stuff. Nice job, guys. In which Nick says that it was like the best moment of his life. He was so happy. He loved every second of it. It was amazing. Um, Gypsy has no comment. So um, she was like, now, it was okay. I don't know. She didn't right. say anything. She acknowledges that it happened. Um, okay. But she doesn't specify anything about it other than like losing her virginity to this man. Hmm. Um. Granted, she was an adult at this point, too. So it's not like it's pedophilia. You know what I mean? She was yeah. an adult also. But he doesn't know that. Well, he does know that, I guess. Other people don't know that. Mm -hmm. well, that's fair. <laughs> now, again, some sources say that Gypsy disputes this ever happening. But in her interview with Dr. Phil, she confirms that the two did have sex in a movie theater bathroom. Mm. Now, it's Nick romantic. at the time thought that their little meat cute went according to plan. Mm. However, he soon found out that that was not the case and that Dee Dee did not like him and thought that he was a fucking weirdo. And um, mm -hmm. again, Gypsy herself also admits in one of her interviews that it is a little weird when you look back on it because this is a single grown adult man yeah. who walked. Well, he wasn't old. He was in his early 20s. Like he was still, still young. He was but still still um, grown adult, though. I mean, he was an adult man in a yeah. Disney movie by himself with no children, no girlfriend, nothing. Um, so yeah. And what was I going to say? Oh, during the movie, they were also able to sneak a selfie together. It's online. Ooh, you can find it somewhere if you want. Let's go. And at the time when it happened, Nick claims that essentially they had finished, they left the bathroom and just so happens at that same exact time when he was walking away to the concession stand D and he was like standing near the concession stand and not the bathroom. Dee Dee walks out of the movie theater looking for Gypsy and it looks like he is just getting popcorn or something at the concession stand and Gypsy is, you know, coming out of the bathroom essentially. Okay. So it really worked out in their favor because they never got caught. That's good. I guess until one of them admitted to it later and then everybody found out. Mm. That's fair. So, of course, at this point, Nick is upset because Dee Dee didn't like him. So that means that they cannot be together. Damn. Because not Damn at least it. in real life. And the two continued their internet interactions over the internet and began developing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, no, I just was curious. Did, did Gypsy ever say like what how that took place like um i'm curious because like i've heard it i've heard it both ways like did was it 
he says that Gypsy took him into the men's restroom mm-hmm. and initiated everything. They had they planned it. They knew that they were okay. going to try to get away and have sex at some point during the um, movie. Now, I don't know if they knew exactly when it was going to take place, but they had planned. Um, they had talked about it previous to at least reporting to, um, according to a few of the documentaries that I watched, okay. they had planned that interaction. Okay. Cool. I was just. I was just curious because because I feel like I've heard something or I read something somewhere that was kind of something was said about how um, that was maybe more unconsensual than consensual at a certain point. So I was just curious as to if you had seen that same thing. No, not for this specific encounter. Okay, gotcha. Um, now, of course, like I said, the two continued their relationship online and then they began to develop their plan to murder Dee Dee. Oh, murder her. Yeah. Now, psychologists say that Gypsy was essentially a hostage in her own life and had no control. So it was easy to see how this crime could take place when she felt as if she had no control in her own life. Mm-hmm. One of the journalists in the Mommy Dead and Dearest documentary talks about how no one, for example, police, CPS, social workers, her dad, her neighbors... Anyone had helped her. So, quote, how was she supposed to think anybody could? Yeah. I mean, that's a solid point. Mm -hmm. So Gypsy says, quote, it really didn't come up like I want you to kill her. End quote. They would call it plan B. Mm. And they kept pushing it back. And that it was really just a thought, not reality. They were looking for other options. Um And it really just kind of started like Nick saying, she says this in multiple interviews. Nick said, I'll protect you from anyone. She said, anyone? He said, yes. And then she said, even my own mom? He said, yes. And that's kind of where it started Mm -hmm. uh, for them. Now, I found. I was Victor um, talking. That wasn't Nick. I found lots of texts um, or copies of the texts from between Nick and Gypsy. And so I'm going to read some to you right now. Oh, um, let's go. I have a lot to read in total through the mm-hmm. episode, but yeah. So Gypsy says, I'm a thousand, 100,000% in hun. And then says, I'm ready. Truly. Nick says, why you say that baby? Gypsy says, because I finally allow myself to accept that you're my everything. I will go with you and live our dream. And that's kind of, where the plan starts getting really of, set in motion of murdering like the they're mother in okay. it's time. Like they've been pushing it back. They've been pushing it back and Nope. Now it's time. Damn. So Nick returns to Springfield in June, 2015. And he arrived while Gypsy and Dee, Dee were away at a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. After they returned home and Dee, Dee had gone to sleep, he went to the Blanchard home. Gypsy let him in and allegedly gave him duct tape, gloves, and a knife with the understanding that he would use it to murder Dee Dee. Mm. Now, there is lots of speculation, lots of different sources that say lots of different things about what happened tonight, that night. Lots of people say it was all Nick's idea. He convinced her because he wanted to protect her. Mm-hmm. Lots of people say it was all Gypsy's idea and she's the one who, you know groomed Nick into doing this. Lots of people say they did it together. And that's where I Um, come in, my friends. Yeah. I have some texts as well to read. 
that might help. Let's go. I want to see what your texts are. Um, so there is a video on a YouTube channel called Crime for Dummies that has screenshots of all the text that um, they sent in a few within the days leading up to the murder. Mm -hmm. um, they're all pictures of the phones, if that makes sense, like because they're not screenshots. They're like crappy old flip phones. And um, it appears that, though, those texts are from the court documents because some of the texts are labeled defendant which would be Nick. And some of them are labeled gypsy, which of course is gypsy. So June 9th, 2015, around 7 a.m., they exchange these texts. Gypsy says, hun, does he require just the gloves and knife? Nick says, hun, that side of me expects duct tape too to muffle her. She says, okay, baby, we have that. Gypsy then says, and these are not in a particular order. It's just a few that kind of stood out to me yeah. previous to the actual murder taking place. Gypsy says, she sleeps on her tummy, like I said, but light sleeper, hun. The shit's going to go down tonight, Ruby said. Mm. For motivation's sake, bring your A-game, hun. This is life with me on the line. Later that night, around 8.30 p.m., Gypsy says, I left the gloves outside the front door. And the screen door is squeaky, so try to open it just enough to get in and close it gentle. She then says, I'll hand him the knife and duct tape inside, darling. It's pre-cut and ready. Mm. Damn. She even pre-cut that shit. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Around 11 p.m., they exchange more texts. She says, I'll, be, I'll just be in my nightgown with painted pink nails and lip gloss. Nick says, okay, dear, but when he gets you from the bathroom, I suggest you are naked when he sees you after the deed. A few hours later, Nick says, dear, never underestimate his will to kill. Also, give me your address so I can make sure I have the right one. Gypsy <laughs> responds with, I that just want to, yeah, <laughs> she responds with, house. yeah. That would be the worst. That would be, he'd be yeah, he's fucked, but he would have been more fucked. Now, all through all of that, they're also arranging for a taxi to come and get get him and bring him to the home. Um, and she responds to that message with, "I just want to say this. Thank you. You're my hero, and I will never leave you. I'm staying with you for an eternity." Spoiler About alert. An, she leaves him anyway. Yeah. About an hour later, she texts him again. And she said, now there's probably some text in between this. Again, these are not all of the text messages. That video is an hour long. It shows every single text message that they sent for like five days before the, at least five days before the murder. Mm -hmm. She then says, sir, will you text me once you're at the door with gloves on? Yeah, that's it. Now the next step will be to get into the details of the murder. So for at least for me, for my part, I have some stuff to add. I don't know what you have to add. Yeah. Um, but this is where it gets gruesome and detailed mm -hmm. and gory. So if this is not your cup of tea, please fast forward for a while. Also, for context sake, I did all of my research on Nicholas's side of the story because mm -hmm. everybody has always focused on Gypsy and yeah. her side of the story and feeling bad for her or blaming her for it or telling mm -hmm. or saying that she's a master manipulator. And I, um, I don't know. I just don't feel like many people have heard or know his side of the story. So that's where uh, this is where I come in. This is where I'm going to be like, this is where the debate kind of thing comes in. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you want me to go ahead with 
the next details? Um, what are the next details? Well, going into what happened that specific night. Oh, yeah. This is from Gypsy side. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear it. All right. So, according to Gypsy, Gypsy hid in the bathroom and covered her ears so that she could not have to hear her mother screaming while Nick attacked her. Mm-hmm. When Nick attacked Dee Dee, he inflicted seventeen stab wounds. One on her neck was so bad it essentially nearly decapitated Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. They then continued after the um, murder to have sex with each other in Gypsy's room. Gypsy says that she screamed for him to stop and does not consider that time of their sexual interaction to be consensual. They then flee to a motel outside of Springfield where they stay for a few days while planning their next move. During that time, they're seen on several security cameras at several stores. Gypsy said at this point she believed that they had gotten away with it, that no one was Mm -hmm. coming after them. Um, They then took a... Or when they get to the hotel or before they go they finish packing go to the hotel and there's a home video of gypsy made of her D- gypsy made of her and nick in the hotel room where she's giggling her head off mm-hmm. and says quote he is eating a brownie but later he will be eating me a brownie that they stole from the house mm-hmm. disrespectful disrespectful at this her mother point, made that brownie yes um, several witnesses had seen them uh, on their way to the gas- Greyhound uh, station, and they noted that Gypsy was wearing a blonde wig, and she walked unassisted. Mm. They then take a Greyhound back to Nick's mom's house in Big Ben, Wisconsin, and when Nick's mom, Stephanie Goldammer, picked them up from the bus station, a name. she was told that Gypsy had been in a homeless shelter and she asked about Gypsy's mom. How was she doing? Is she okay? Where's she at? Does she know where you are? Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of brushed her off and just said that her mom didn't have anything to do with anything. And Stephanie and Nick's stepfather both said that Gypsy and Nick have been acting entirely normal like nothing was wrong. Would you look at that? That's crazy. It's almost like they didn't even. It's almost like she didn't even miss her mother. One could argue. Yeah, one could. Um, here's some more things that they did. Uh, after the murder, because they didn't want to travel with the murder weapon on them, they decided to put it in a package, including the knife, the gloves, and $5,000 cash, and mail it back to Nick's mom's house. Mm-hmm. And then, this is where it gets even worse, if you didn't think that it could. There were Facebook posts that Dee Dee, mm. that were posted to Dee Dee and Gypsy's joint Facebook account, and they are vile. They are horrible. Yeah, they're pretty bad. They're I'm going to say them just because they are relevant. Um, trigger warning. Again, trigger warning. Skip ahead 20 seconds. Um, the posts say, quote, the bitch is dead, end quote. Talking about Dee Dee, yeah. Talking about Dee Dee. And they posted that in the hopes that someone would see it. Gypsy posted that in the hopes that someone would see it and then go and check on her mom. Most people were like, hmm, this is weird. Maybe their page got hacked. Okay. Mm. So then with not getting the response that she was expecting, she makes another Facebook post or it was, it was either another post or a comment on the same post. I couldn't find anything that specified. I've seen it. I've seen it both ways, if that makes sense. And that post, which is the worst one says, 
quote, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud. LOL. End quote. Yeah, that's um, that's yeah. hard to dispute because that came from Nick, which is which is wild. Yeah, it, well, it came from Gypsy. Gypsy wrote these posts and posted them to oh. their joint Facebook accounts. Those did not come from Nick. Gypsy okay. wrote these. Gypsy typed these. Gypsy said that she wanted it to seem. What would a murderer say? What would a bad person say? I mean, I don't know, fucking Gypsy. What would you say? Yeah, you did a really out. good job. See, this is the thing, right? Um. I feel like when it comes to like Gypsy, mm-hmm. dude, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Like this is where, again, if you don't agree with this, that's fine. Yes. I think she was a victim. Um, but I don't think, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, you know, she got 10 years, got out in eight for what they did or you, I'm sure you're going to cover that. Yes. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll actually, okay. I'll let you cover that real quick. Sorry. I'll, I'll say this after you cover that. Uh, well, I mean, that's going to be a little bit later in my notes. Gotcha. Um, um, I just think it's, I think it's insane. Nicholas's side of that story is similar, but it's weird because he tells mm-hmm. two different sides of that story. He did an interview with a Missouri news channel, um, and the interview was while he was already in prison, after he had already gotten like the life sentence. Because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, spoiler alert, he got a life sentence. Yeah. Gypsy only got 10 years, got out we'll in eight years. We'll get into that for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, I think it's crazy because, yes, at the end of the day, he murdered murdered the mother. I don't know why I did this. He did murder the mother. I mean, yeah, they both admit to that he's yeah. the one who committed the act. But he... Uh, he in, in the story on the news channel, he goes on to say that they weren't sure what was going to happen. Basically, he he went to the house that night, um, met up with Gypsy and his initial thought. He looked at Gypsy and he was like, hey, we should just run away together. He said there were two mm-hmm. angels on his shoulder. He said there was a devil on this shoulder and an angel on this shoulder. And he said that uh, the angel was like, hey take gypsy run nothing mm-hmm. else needs to happen nothing else has to happen take gypsy go then the devil was like that bitch has to die mm-hmm. and so he then took a knife from the home went in there told gypsy he said get in the bathroom and then he made the executive decision to kill her mother that is what nicholas said on the interview for mm-hmm. the news channel. And I don't know. He also started that interview off with, I feel like, ever, I feel like Gypsy's gotten so much press and I feel like Gypsy's gotten so much um, attention on this attention, and nobody's yes. paid attention to me and nobody's heard my side of the story. And so yes. I want to go out there and I want to basically make a name for myself. That's kind of what he said. Yeah. And that's the story that he said. I think in his mind, he was trying because Gypsy got 10 years, got out in eight she got she got the way easier deal and i think he thought in his mind if he got the same level of media coverage as gypsy did maybe yeah people would petition for him to get out but that is not what he said in the interrogation the night that they were mm-hmm. caught police took both of them into the room and like obviously separate rooms they did interrogations on them gypsy told them like nothing 
Gypsy told them almost nothing. Yeah. Um, but obviously, and I'll let you cover the rest of that, but obviously, whenever they went into the interrogation with Nick, first thing they said is, Gypsy told us everything. <laughs> and yeah. we know you love her, so unless you want her to go down for your crime, admit to what you know so that we can corroborate and make sure that it matches with her story. And if you love her, you'll do that. Which, anybody watching this, whether mm-hmm. you're guilty, you'll get a fucking lawyer. Okay. Yeah, we said that last week, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Get a lawyer. If get you're, a lawyer. Even if you're not guilty, get a lawyer. You have and the before... right to remain silent. <laughs> yes. Before you continue, yes. um, I have a few more things to add. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're okay. I just wanted to, before we get too deep into the interrogation, um, finish out, you know, like what they did before they were caught. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go yeah. So, of course, these Facebook posts are now alarming. People are like, hey, wait, what the fuck? So they start to call Dee Dee. She doesn't answer. Neighbors and friends go to the house. She doesn't answer the door. Her car is in the driveway. They did know that they would leave a lot of the times on like unannounced medical trips, but her car was in the driveway and that made it unlikely. But Dee Dee had put up like protective clear film on the windows so that you couldn't see in or out. Um, And so that made it really hard to see inside of the house. Of course, mm. when they knocked on the door, no one answered. So they called 911. When the police arrived, they had to wait for a search warrant because there's no reason, there's no probable cause to enter. There's no one inside screaming. There's no blood on the outside of the house. There's nothing that would lead them to believe that anything unnatural yeah. was going on. Yeah. And they did allow, however, one of the neighbors that was present to climb through the window of one of the windows of the home where he saw that inside of the home was pretty much undisturbed. Um, Gypsy's wheelchairs were still present and yeah, so they of course issued a warrant. They enter the home and they find, um, Dee Dee's body. Neighbors, friends set up a GoFundMe account that was set up to pay for Dee Dee's funeral expenses. And unfortunately at this time, they're thinking also Gypsy's because according to everyone around her, Gypsy is unable to walk. She's unable to take care of herself. She will not survive without her medication. She can't even get around without a wheelchair. So, of course, everyone around her feared the worst, that even if she had not been harmed by this person who perpetrated this crime, she would be helpless without her wheelchair medications and her oxygen tanks and feeding tubes and all of those things. So, the neighbor, Aaliyah, who was one of the people who had gathered around the home to figure out what was going on, she told the police that she knew about Gypsy and her secret boyfriend, and she showed them the printouts that she had saved, which included his name. Based on that information, police asked Facebook to trace the IP address uh, for the posts that Dee Dee had made, and it turned out to be in Wisconsin. Mm. So the next day, police go to Nick's home in Big Bend, and Gypsy walks out of the home unassisted and surrenders. Nick walks out of the home and surrenders, and they're taken into custody on charges of murder and felony charges. The news that Gypsy was safe was a relief to people back in Springfield. They're so glad that she is okay and she will get the care that she needs medically. But when he announced, when when the Greene County Sheriff Jim Arnott announced the news, he warned that, quote, things are not always what they appear, Mm -hmm. end quote. And people were like, wait, what the fuck? So they started to report the truth of what was going on in their lives yeah, and that she had never been sick, had always been able to walk, but her mother made her pretend otherwise and used physical abuse to control her. 
the sheriff urged people not to donate money to the family until investigators could learn the extent of the fraud because they don't know how much Gypsy is participating in this, mm-hmm. how much anyone else is participating in this. And so this brings us to interrogations. Yep. Now, like you said, in Gypsy's interrogation, she seems very timid, like a little girl. And when they first tell her that her, they know her mom is dead, she's like, wait, what? What? My mom is dead? What is? What do you mean my mom is dead? Mm. And she's emotional and she's sad and she denies having any involvement with anything that could have happened to her mom. She doesn't even know that anything happened to her mom until she was here. She also denies knowing that Nick was involved in it or was going to kill or hurt her mom. She says she has nothing to do with it. She knew nothing about anything or she knew nothing that was going to happen. And she even tried to say that she had no idea that anything had happened to her mom. And of course, she also claims her mom is her best friend and she would have never hurt her mom. But on the flip side, like you said about Nick, and I'll let you finish that now. (laughs) Yeah, I would never hurt my mom, except for the one time I shot her 10 times with a gun that I thought was real and not a BB gun. Um, Oh, my bad. But yeah, I I think that, uh, yeah, so Nicholas, so he goes into the interrogation and he tells them everything. And this Mm -hmm. time, the truth, not some... I protected her and I chose to kill that bitch because Mm -hmm. that bitch had to die. And I told her to hide in the bathroom. He actually started off the interrogation uh, with the interrogator goes, uh, well, actually he said, Gypsy talked him into it. So the interrogator had asked him the question. Um, They were like, okay, yeah, we know everything. We know what happened. Gypsy told us everything. So you need to tell us basically the exact same thing that she told you. And he said, Gypsy talked me into it. Um, she even paid for my bus ticket to come over because I didn't have mm-hmm. enough money. And that she stole that money from her mother to mm-hmm. pay for him to come over because he didn't have the money. He also goes on to say that Gypsy told him to do it because she felt that it was the only way that she could be with him, as you saw in the text messages that Megan read. But the interrogating officer goes on to ask, how did she ask you to kill her mother? And go to John goes on to state that it was through texts or she goes, how did, how did she ask you? Was it through text? Was it in person? Was it through Facebook? Like, how did she Mm -hmm. ask you? And he goes, well, it was actually more than once. Um, We had talked about it on Facebook. We had talked about it um, on text messages. And obviously when they got there that night, they kind of talked about it a little more. Um, He also went on to say, he goes, quote, I wouldn't have done this if it would have been anyone else. I truly worship her to the point where there is absolutely nothing that I would not Mm -hmm. do for her. End quote. After this, he also stated, um, that he had asked more than once because she said that she wanted to do it herself too, but she was too scared to do it, which is why mm-hmm. eventually they agreed on him doing it, which makes sense because again, Gypsy tried to kill her mother several years beforehand because she bought a gun, thought it was a real gun, shot her 10 times, turned out to be a BB gun. Not so innocent. Gypsy did yeah. try to kill her mother before and then got scared to do it. Um, she then, uh, so Dee Dee after the, yeah, again, after the shooting went on, told everybody, yeah, I got robbed in a Walmart parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that gets me is Nick stated that after he killed her mom, 
they obviously like they ran off together. They were living, living together for a while. But the thing is, is like after a while of living together, Gypsy started telling him like, man, she was just such a great mother. I miss her. She was my best friend. I love her so much. She had so many great accomplishments. She was really just such a successful woman. And Nick was like, yeah, I mean, I started to feel really guilty because like I just helped this woman kill her mother. And now she's sitting there telling me, Mm -hmm. damn, I kind of miss my mom. Actually, maybe she wasn't that bad. (laughs) Damn, like you got to pick a side, Gypsy. What the fuck? Like you can't guilt trip this man. You talked him into killing your mother for you. Yeah. Um. But he also states in the interview that she was the one who came up with the idea to stab her mother. Um, And that when he got to the house that night, she again gave him the knife that she, by the way, stole that knife from Walmart, probably the same parking lot that her mother was robbed in it, whatever. Um, But go to John goes on to state in the same interview that it was Gypsy's idea to go into the bathroom. And the reason that Gypsy went into the bathroom, Nick said he thinks it's because she had said multiple times she's a light sleeper. And I don't think you can do it. She hid in the bathroom. According to Nick, she hid in the bathroom because she was afraid that her mom was going to wake up in the middle of the plan and actually kill him. That's what Nicholas told the interrogating officer. Interesting. Um, The two had a secret knock. Whenever he finished it, it was uh, it was like, yeah, three knocks and two scratches. And that's how he was going to knock on the door three times, scratch the door twice. And that's how uh, Gypsy was going to know that her mother was dead. So after Nicholas killed her mom, which, by the way, this is also just something interesting. Um, I don't take much stock in it. But for those of you that want to go into a rabbit hole and create a whole mm-hmm. thing, Nick actually swears up and down that he only stabbed her mother four times. Yeah, I saw that as well, um, that there is an article floating around somewhere, apparently, that according to his interrogation, mm-hmm. he only stabbed her four times. He is very insistent on that. He yeah. says that multiple times in his interrogation. Yeah. But there's an article floating around somewhere that insinuates, allegedly, potentially, that Gypsy might have committed the other 13 stabs, and somehow they're... Nick's love for her is so much that he has just admitted entire fault, despite the fact that he did not actually do it all by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, again, allegedly, because I could not find any proof or any other sources that even kind of back that up. Mm-hmm. Um, that, well, and- but but he says, in his, like you said, in his interrogation, four times, mm-hmm. multiple times, he says. It was four times. I'm sure. Are you really sure? Yes, I'm sure. It was four times. I know because of this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Well, and, and the reason that he says in his mind he knows that it was four times is because as he was stabbing her mother, he actually stabbed himself. And so that's how in his head he was like, I know I only stabbed her four times because on the last one, I cut myself and I was like, shit, that mm-hmm. kind of hurt. I'm done. Pretty sure this bitch is dead. But with that being said, uh, I don't know how much stock I put in that. Also, because in his interview, he said, yeah, hey, Gypsy gave me the money for this bus ticket. But he mm-hmm. says that she only gave him about four hundred dollars. And Gypsy says she gave him over a thousand. So if Gypsy's correct on that and she did give him over a thousand, clearly his numbers aren't quite there because yeah, four hundred dollars like and a thousand dollars are very different amounts of money. It's not like a small difference. You know what I mean? That's like a pretty decent amount difference of 
You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, another thing he mentions in his interview interrogation as well, of course he confesses, but he also confesses that he hears voices mm. and that he actually used to take medication for it. And Gypsy did know about that as well. I mean, I'm not sure how relevant that is to the situation. Um, yeah. But I mean, lots of people, like I said, have argued that maybe Gypsy's the one who actually took advantage of Nick and played on him and used his weaknesses to her advantage to manipulate him into doing this. And um, untreated mental illness is a real thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so if that's true and he does have he is hearing voices and used to take medication for it, well, then. And he's not anymore in theory like that could in that could lead to something does that make sense like yeah it's leaving him vulnerable yeah um, i guess is the point or it um, could be also an indication of potential violent tendencies not to say people who hear voices or have mental health issues are violent mm-hmm. but untreated mental health issues can lead to can, all sorts yeah. of things including violence yeah um, no, I agree. Good. Yeah. Good way to put that. But, uh, gypsy. So two knock or three knocks, two scratches. He went to the door, three knocks, two scratches, and gypsy didn't open the door right away. The integrating officer goes, why didn't she open the door right away? Was she still scared? Was like, what was happening? And he said that she yelled throughout the other side of the door. Hey, I'm not opening the door. I'm shaving myself for you. Um, I saw that she, there were texts about that that talked mm-hmm. about her doing that before he got there but according yeah, to him mixed. yeah according to him he she was doing that in the bathroom while he was killing her mother so um after a while she shaved everything she came out of the bathroom and he was like hey listen like we have to clean up this house um and so they started cleaning up the house uh they wanted to take away everything that basically incriminated them um so they Mm -hmm. cleaned up the house for a couple hours and then after they cleaned up the house for a couple hours nick said he turned to gypsy and he was like okay hey what now and after they did that gypsy said to him that she wanted to have sex Mm -hmm. and not only did she say that they wanted she wanted to have sex she said that she wanted to have all the sex right like all possible ways that you could have sex like that's what she wanted um so with the unconsensualness, according it's, to Nick, it was yeah. completely consensual in her idea. I mean, and according to Gypsy, it was immediately after the act and it was not consensual. However, there are text messages from prior to this murder where they were planning out at the minimum. She was under the impression that this evil side of Nick would want to have sex with her after the act was committed and they talk about it and they talk about, is it going to be anal? Is it not? Is it, I mean, they got into detail about it. So not to say that that makes it okay or consensual because I'm not saying she's lying. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's telling the truth. I'm just saying that if it was consensual, it was talked about previously. And if it wasn't consensual, she changed her mind after the fact, not after the fact that it took place after the murder. Does that make sense? No, it does. it was it was originally planned and she revoked consent at some point during the actual act if that's what what happened and Mm -hmm. i don't know what happened nobody does i guess that's why it's kind of a he said she said and why we're having this conversation right um and you know it's it just goes on of course after 
the disclosure of her abuse, everybody feels bad for Gypsy. Mm -hmm. Like instead of treating her like sympathy for her as a victim of child abuse had shifted, right? Because Mm -hmm. she was the victim or uh, at first it was sympathy for her as the victim of a violent murder, right? Because they thought Nick had kidnapped her and taken her with him. Um, But then it shifted to her being a long-term victim of child abuse. And then it shifted again to wait, what the fuck? She did it or she was involved in it. Like she planned this. Yeah. And so originally both of them were charged with first degree murder, Mm -hmm. which is according to the Greene County prosecutor, Dan Patterson, when you knowingly cause the death of another person after deliberation. So you plan it out. You know that this person is going to die because of your actions. Yeah. With the charge of first degree murder, it can carry a death penalty under Missouri law or life without parole. And the county prosecutor did announce that he would not seek the death the death penalty for Gypsy or Nick because the case was extraordinary and unusual, mm-hmm. which is fair. It is. There's no precedent for this. There's not been a case like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so then um, they obtain text messages. They obtain medical records from Louisiana for Gypsy and Gypsy's lawyer is like, wait, what the fuck? We're not going to survive this. Like, We're not winning this if this goes to trial. So he secures a plea bargain for Gypsy for second degree murder. And he says, which his name was Mike Stanfield, and he was her public defender from the state of Missouri. Quote, this all started before Gypsy would have had any type of say in anything that was happening. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair. And like we've talked about, she was so undernourished at this point that during the year she was in county jail waiting for like trial or next steps. Her lawyer told BuzzFeed that she gained 14 pounds. Yeah. But he said most of his clients lose weight when they go to prison. So that does show that she was malnourished and was not being fed properly. So this is where we get to in July 2016, Gypsy agrees to a plea deal and pleads guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 10 years. Mm. And she was eligible for parole after 85% of her sentence was completed. Now, According to Beatrice Yorker, who is a Juris Doctor, an RN, and a Munchausen Syndrome expert, she says in the show Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, which is a Lifetime special, mm-hmm. quote, as far as we know, Gypsy, Rose, or Gypsy Blanchard is the only documented case of a victim of Munchausen Syndrome by proxy to kill their perpetrator to get out. The only known case as far as we know. That's the crazy. The only known documented case. Now... I was intrigued by this, and I think you will be too. Um, Dee Dee's family in Louisiana, um, who had already confronted Dee Dee about her treatment of Gypsy Rose years before, did not mourn Dee Dee. Um, her mother, or her father, stepmother, and nephew are mm-hmm. the first ones who shared details of Gypsy Rose's actual health when she started to use a wheelchair, and later said that Dee Dee deserved her fate. She deserved this. And Gypsy Rose had been punished as much as she needed to be. None of them would pay for Dee Dee's funeral. And her father and stepmother flushed her ashes down the toilet. Damn. Rod, Gypsy's father, is a little bit more forgiving. And he says, 
I think Dee Dee's problem was she started a web of lies and there was no escaping afterwards. She couldn't get it out was of like, it. or t- a tornado got started. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to talk, or like we talked about earlier, Nick still faced a more severe charge than Gypsy. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was because they contended that he initiated the murder and he and Gypsy agreed that he was the one who killed Dee Dee and he was more severely prosecuted due to different personal circumstances and was given less sympathy and understanding due to a lack of involvement in the actual abuse Mm -hmm. versus gypsy, you know, was actually, I mean, it makes sense. I get that. I mean, I get that. I get that. Like I get that type of thing. Actually, Nicholas, he spoke on that. Um, Mm -hmm. And what he said about that is that he does feel manipulated by gypsy. Um, and he actually went on to say that he felt like she created, well, he said that he didn't feel like he said she did. She created these perfect personalities that would attract me to her yeah, and keep me attracted to her. So basically she didn't have to worry about me being disinterested. Um, so she would do anything she could basically to, to keep my attention, which I get that because at this point, right, he's mm-hmm. probably the only, he was the only person that showed her any kind of yeah. attention of any, of any kind. Um, but like, he he said that Nick Nick said that he because of his mental disabilities, he is a very gullible person, always has been a very gullible mm-hmm. person, which also is why I believe his side of the a story when it comes to the interrogation. Yeah. He literally said, I worship her. A, he's gullible. He's admitted that a thousand times. His defense mm-hmm. said he was gullible. His parents have said he's gullible. He said he's mm-hmm. gullible. That could just be a defense, but also he is a little gullible. I mean, he, yeah. he he definitely bought what the interrogator was saying, which is rule number one of an interrogator. They're going to like, these are trained people. They're going to mentally get inside your they head to try tactics. and make you. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, they literally used his love for a gypsy to basically make them tell him the truth. And they told him that if he didn't tell them the truth, it was going to come back on gypsy negatively. Why would he lie? Especially if they, he, he if, especially her. if he thinks, yeah, especially if he thinks she's already told them everything. You could tell that at certain points in that in that interrogation, he was trying to think about exactly what how it would happened. Have said. Yeah, um, because the interrogator would kind of say back to him loosely what he had just said, like loosely, just kind of like mm-hmm. a rough draft of what he had just said. And he would come back and say more like, no, 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 actually like, yes, but exactly like fine points. Well, it happened this way. And then that led to this specifically. Mm-hmm. And then specifically that made us do this. And then that's why we did this. And so I don't think, why would he lie again? He loved gypsy. He was scared. He was in an interrogation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew he was getting, he knew he was caught. They told him they knew he did the murder. First thing they said to him, yeah. Um, why would he lie? I just I don't see a world in which he would lie, especially if it was going to come back negatively on Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even says that in the interview that he was manipulated and he sees that he was manipulated. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's wild. I mean, so it doesn't stop here, of course, because Gypsy doesn't have a trial because she took a plea deal, but Nick still needs to have a trial or take a deal, whichever one mm-hmm. comes up first or whichever one his, him and his legal team decide. And so in January 2017, his trial was postponed because prosecutors requested a second psychiatric exam. His lawyers contend that he has an intelligence quotient of 82, which is IQ, 
and is on the autism spectrum, suggesting that he has diminished capacity. Originally, he had actually waived his right to a trial by jury, but later changed his mind in June of 2017. In December 2017, the judge set his trial for November 2018, and in the opening statement, prosecutors alleged that Nick had deliberated for over a year before the crime, while his lawyers pointed out to his autism and said, or pointed to his autism and said that Gypsy formulated the crime and their love-struck client had just done as she had asked him to. Mm-hmm. The next day, prosecutors showed jurors the text messages, which were sometimes, of course, sexually explicit, but also just the ones that they shared in the week before the murder, often using various personas as well as the knife he had used to commit the murder. And in some of the texts, he asks for details about Dee Dee's room, sleeping habits. We already went over all of that. And these were supplemented by video of his interview with the police um, where he confesses, you know. Um, On the third day of his trial, Gypsy testifies and she said that while she had indeed suggested to Nick that he killed Dee Dee to end her mother's abuse, she had also considered just getting pregnant by him Mm -hmm. in the hope that once she was carrying his child, Dee Dee would have to accept him. So along with the knife that she gave to Nick, she stole baby clothes from Walmart during a shopping trip so she could go ahead with either plan. Mm-hmm. Um, knife, baby clothes. Not that either would have been ideal. Um, but maybe we could have tried the other one first. <laughs> I mean, that I would have know. been something. Like, like, So he actually spoke on that. Uh, Nicholas actually spoke on that. And he said that he had actually um, asked her about that. Because uh, he also said in an interview with the news station that he, there were multiple times before he even committed the murder that he asked Gypsy to mm-hmm. just run away with him. Yeah. And Gypsy's answer was, no, I can't do that. She'll find me. Um, and that's where the thing came from is like she pushed him to do the rest of it because yeah. she wasn't willing to just run away with him. Yeah, and she said that she did not tell Nick about her plan um, or never told – or Nick never told her what he thought about the pregnancy plan. Like, that wasn't something that ever really came up again in conversation. So, I mean, I don't doubt that they tried – or that Nick tried to find other options. But it Mm -hmm. seemed to me that Gypsy certainly came up with the plan, set the plan, and then that was the plan. There was no other options. Yeah. She didn't seem to be, you know, receptive to alternatives of any sort. Um, yeah. And of course, so unfortunately, after four days, the case goes to the jury. They had the f- option of finding him guilty of one of three murder charges, which was involuntary manslaughter, second degree or first degree murder, or just not guilty of any of them. And they deliberated for two hours, returned with the verdict that he was guilty of first degree murder and armed criminal action. So... In February 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for the murder conviction, which was the only possible option since the prosecutors had declined to seek the death penalty. Um, Nick asked Judge David Jones for leniency on the armed criminal action charge, which carries a sentence of only three years because he said he had fallen blindly in love with Gypsy Rose, and he received a sentence of 25 years on that charge. Mm. which is meant to run concurrently with his life sentence. That's wild. So essentially, he'll, he's he's um, serving two sentences at once. 
they're both running at the same time, except that he has the life with no chance of parole, and then he has the 25 years. So it doesn't fucking matter. I fully believe in my heart that Gypsy is the one who came up with the idea. I truly believe that, yeah, I mean, Gypsy actually said in, in an interview that he was the one who came up with the idea to stab her. She wanted to, like, poison her mom or something like that, and but they didn't know how. They didn't know how to make mm -hmm. a poison that would be unnoticeable. Um According to Nick, he says that she's the one that came up with the idea, which to me makes sense because she's the one that bought the knife because it had to be a very specific knife because she had asked at one point, well, why not just a knife in your house? And she said, no, that won't do. I need like, no, that won't do. I need a specific knife for this specific thing. And so, you know, I don't know. It's just I feel like I truly believe that she's the one that came up with the idea. I truly believe that she's the one that coerced him into doing it. I do think that he probably said, Hey, is there another way to do this? And she said, no, again, I wasn't there. I truly don't know. But mm -hmm. the thing is I'm not taking, even if he came out with some different story, I wouldn't believe it a hundred percent. I also don't believe shit of what she says a hundred percent. Why? Because yeah. she's never said the same fucking thing in a fucking That's interview. That's true. She's it's never been a little fucking different. consistent. Like yeah. it's been different shit every time, at least with Nick. He said the same shit until he tried to be the hero of his own story in a news interview. Apart from that, it was the same shit every single time he talked about it. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like she she's lied about. I mean, personally, like I don't like I don't know, man. I just feel like. Well, I mean. So. I, oh, go ahead. No, I just I feel like. I, I can't believe what Gypsy says. I personally, I can't. And I can't because she's, again, she's never been consistent. Uh, she mm -hmm. even says in her book that this is the way the story should be told. Mm -hmm. Those are things that a manipulator says. And am I saying that she's a master manipulator? I'm not saying that. But if she was, can you actually blame her? Playing devil's advocate too. Like there's a yin and a yang to this. If, mm -hmm. if she is like, how can you blame her for that? Like, yeah. dude, that's all she grew up in. That's all she ever knew. It almost would be more weird if she wasn't a master manipulator. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, is she a victim? And that's what we talked about. Like, yes, she is a victim, but also at some point, if Nicholas's side of the story is completely real to a very small extent, he's a victim. Yes. If, 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 his side of the story is real. Again, I don't know what actually happened. I wasn't there that night, but there's a lot of shit that just doesn't add up. Well, speaking of that, in the Mommy Dead and Dearest documentary, which came out in 2017, Gypsy was interviewed in this documentary, and she said, quote, hear, hear me out, quote, this is actually kind of the first time I've been honest. Besides being honest with my attorneys, even though I haven't been completely honest with them either. You see End what quote. I mean? Like, you admitted that in Point an interview in that you're not being honest. Like, was... and to add to that also in that same documentary, she does, when they asked her about being abused, she said, when you grow up being abused, quote, you don't know any different. End That's quote. also fair. But if you don't know any different, then how do you know it's wrong? And why did you kill your mom? I mean, I think that's just an age thing. I think growing up like that, I mean, I kind of get her point on that. I think that like at a certain point, 
you're into princesses mm-hmm. and and you're going to watch Cinderella and then like you're going to watch like all these things and like yes they you you're drawn to these because like it kind of fits your your thing and it kind of fits how you live but i think deep down the older you get the more you realize like the dumbest person in the world at some point is going to be able to be like mm-hmm. i can i can walk though right and and maybe yeah. slowly and some maybe more slowly than others but i think that at some point it's like okay i can kind of walk though and also like i actually don't have a hard time breathing and i actually feel better when i'm not taking these medications and actually if i let my hair grow out i can actually grow my hair out i thought that because of the cancer it was gonna not let my hair grow out and on top of that Mm -hmm. she got herself a laptop she found herself a computer she at some point then started exposing herself to to other like yeah. yeah like okay damn because we've all done this. Like I've, I've been like, Oh shit. My lymph node is swollen. Google. What does this mean? And then all of a sudden, like I have cancer and I have six days to live and I'm telling everybody goodbye. And really it was just fucking allergies. Yeah. But like, I mean, at some point, and especially like if you've been told your entire life, like you have this illness and that illness and that illness, if you're gypsy and you're like, shit, like, how long do I have left to live? And this is just an example. Maybe she went online one night and she started typing into her computer and was like, da 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 about da 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 And then all of a sudden she's mm-hmm. like, I don't have, I don't have that. That doesn't happen to me. Yeah. And that doesn't happen to me. And that does like, what the fuck? I think at some point with age, you start to figure things out. Um, and I, I don't know. That's just my personal thing. Uh, but I also completely get your point. I it's just a, mean it's a, it's, it's a toss up there. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my biggest contention with the whole thing is what other options were considered previous mm. to murder? Were any other options considered previous to murder? I think people can understand why she felt trapped. Yeah. Um, I think people can understand why she resorted to this being the outcome. I just don't understand why they wouldn't use their defense of any other option being, you know, we tried other things first. We actually tried them first. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Like there was no effort. There was no trying. And, you know, to be fair also, um, and I mentioned it already, the snapped killer couples episode, which was Nick's first interview after he was sentenced in 2019 there's two quotes that I want to mention because I think that they also kind of spin things too. Um, Because this case is all about opinions. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. it's really just up to you to determine what you believe happened and what you can ethically decide to do after that. Mm -hmm. Um, He says in his interview, quote, I would have done it again. I might've done it differently, but I would have done it again. End quote. Yeah. That's kind of wild. Second quote. This one's even more wild. That was, man, probably the best days of my life. That was That's the only way I can describe it. I enjoyed every second of it. End quote. He, he also said in that same interview, actually, he said something about like the, the murder. And then he was like, but you know what they say? No pain, no gain. And I'm like, Nick, that's for fucking building muscle. Not yeah. fucking murdering somebody. <laughs> what the shit? That's crazy. 
that was so, wild to me. It, like I said, it's opinion. And but see, that's it is, and and but that's the thing is like, for me, I think it depends on when he said it. Like I really do, and I know that's like. Bi- call it bias or whatever there's but... no context right that's the problem we don't know what he said right before right after right we've only got this 10 second clip it's not a full unedited version and i think that's the same to be said about any of their quotes to be honest um uh media and prosecutors do a really good job of taking things out of context mm-hmm. um true and not to justify um because my opinion is that she is a survivor of abuse, but she is a murderer. That's I would agree my with opinion. both you of know? those statements. And um, yeah, no, I, I agree with those. Yeah. I mean, my next set in my notes is just where is she at now? And um, well, before you read those, um, if that's cool, I want to read. Yeah. Finish off Go like ahead. the the thing. Um, Go to John right now. Go to John Nicholas. He is he in the end of his interview with the news station, uh, which is the most recent interview that he has actually done. He said, quote, all of this is basically a quote. He said, I wish I would have known it was more manipulation than love, because if I would have known that I probably would have not been in the situation that I'm in. Her mm-hmm. mom taught her very, very well how to basically be a master manipulator, a master liar, and master of deceiving great audiences of people. He said because of those reasons, or well, his the news station now says, or well, somebody said because of those reasons, uh, Nicholas believes that what he has is a fair sentence, but he's still unhappy with the 10 years that Gypsy received. He said, quote, I'm still trying to get 15, and that's where I stand. I'm still trying to get that. Um, I would be happy if me and her would have gotten the Mm -hmm. same exact amount of time. I'm not one of those people who's going to try and wish her a life sentence. Um, After everything I've been through, my love for Gypsy still remains. Um, He said, you might have betrayed me. You might have turned your back on me, but that's not going to stop me from loving you. I'm always going to love you, whether you want to accept it or not. He said she was brought up to lie and lie and lie Mm -hmm. and lie and she was brought up to basically play the victim role that's the way she was brought up and she's only doing what she was taught i agree with you there my friend he said i "I basically yeah he said i basically promised her that i will always love her and that's true i will and i still love her but however i am not in love with her that's mature uh he said if she would want me to be friends with me if she would want to be friends with me i'm fine with it she doesn't I'm fine with it too. I do have my heart go out to all of Gypsy's family for what happened to their daughter or sister or aunts. And I wish this would have ended up in a more less drastic way than it did. He also stated uh, when asked in an interview, if he judges Gypsy for anything, uh, he said, no, I don't judge anybody. I'm a Christian man and it's not part of my faith to judge. I just won't do it. Nicholas, I'm pretty sure it's also against the Christian faith to murder somebody, but that's okay, neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, he said, Obviously. you know, he said, I will say gypsy or, well, that's not what he said. That's what I said. Um, and I'm actually, I was going to say, I will say gypsy did say in court that she did talk him into it at a later date. Mm-hmm. So um, at least that was where it was. I personally think, 
again, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with this. Gypsy served her time, right? In no way am I trying to re-incriminate her. In no way are mm-hmm. we trying to like re-incriminate yes, her exactly. or anything. Um, she's she she served her time, like she's done. And honestly, like good for you. Like if somehow, some way, Gypsy, you're listening to this genuinely. I hope you make the best with your life outside of prison. That is from the heart. I really truly do. Um, yeah, I like, agree. Like I I just think again. Yo, I mean, shitty situation. Doctors failed you. Police failed you. Family failed you. Everybody failed you. She had a shitty ass mm-hmm. situation. Uh, and I get feeling trapped and I get all of that shit. Um, and I, I get it from as much as somebody in my situation could mentally understand that. I obviously wasn't in that situation. Mm-hmm. But like, damn, my heart really does go out to you in some ways. And in other ways, I think that dog i mean shit you you really could have handled that differently and i think that what frustrates me is i'm i just i feel like i feel like we live in a day and age where so many people are like mental health is so important Mm -hmm. get the help that you need and i think that that is so awesome and i get that back then that wasn't such a big deal but what blows my mind is society is so fucking inconsistent because here we have a case of somebody that genuinely indeed right that genuinely needed mental help that genuinely just needed somebody be it forcefully or i mean fuck dr phil could have sent her to the ranch like i don't know but somebody (laughs) needed to help this woman and if that was a case that happened right now in today's day and time, I feel like you would have a million people saying she should have gotten help that she needed and mm-hmm. she, she didn't deserve to die. But for some reason, because Gypsy killed her mother and yes, Gypsy went through all this trauma, but for some reason now, all of a sudden, all of these people are like, yeah, Gypsy, Dee Dee needed to die. She deserved it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I've seen so many posts like that. And I just think that it's, it's kind of wild that we are, so inconsistent and that's not anything against gypsy that's just like i i'm frustrated is how at how inconsistent as a society we are like mm-hmm. either give people the fucking mental help that they need or don't but you can't be like yeah mental help is important except for her that had mental problems yeah she deserved to actually get murdered yeah she did like that's just unfair um but i yeah those are my thoughts on it i know you still have more but just a little bit yeah but i i think that Shit's crazy. Um, and I know that I know that Gypsy has said that she wants to like be an advocate for uh, Munchausen's by proxy. And I know she like recently made her first post about it, but I, I am curious personally just to see how she goes down that route. Like I, I personally, agree. I personally think, and I hope I'm wrong. I do hope I'm wrong. Um, I personally think. She's going to ride that like influencer wave until it fizzles out. And then we're not going to hear from her again. I I don't actually know that she's going to like advocate for it as much as she says. And I hope I'm wrong. I think that she could be such a great advocate for it. I really do. If she like actually just fucking like hustled and like worked on it, I think that she could be awesome at it. Um, I just, I don't know that she will. I'm not sure that. I, I mean, I don't mean to talk shit. Um, I disagree. I, I do believe that she has a platform Mm -hmm. um, 
where I'll get into it in a moment, where she has the opportunity to help a lot of people who could no, potentially sure. be in not just Munchausen proxy situations, but abusive situations that need help getting out. Um, and I, I just don't know if by getting the recognition that she's getting, mm -hmm. that will implore other people to make the same decision that she made. Oh, that's, um, that's a fair point too. Yeah. I mean, no one, the, no one will Ooh, ever know. Right. That's um, true. But that is my concern. I'm not saying she shouldn't use her spotlight to advocate in some way. I mean, helping one person, uh, it would be awesome, you know, mm -hmm. even if it's only one person, but I just have this feeling, you know what I mean? That, there's a precedent set now for someone who is a victim of Munchausen by proxy murdering their mother or playing mm -hmm. a role in murdering their mother and oh, she only got away getting, with it. getting 10 years and not yeah. even having to serve that whole time. Now I understand that's the law and I'm not trying to tell, like you said, to re-incriminate her, change what she already served. She admits she committed a crime. Mm -hmm. She knows that she did something wrong. She served her time for that. Um, she's paid for that crime. You know, yeah. Uh, I just hope that that doesn't inspire. That might not be the right word. Inspire other yeah. survivors of of this type of abuse to make the same decision, knowing, for example, like Gypsy has said in multiple interviews, that living in prison was more free than she ever felt living with her mom or something along those lines. Yeah. If you feel like you have no other way out, and you know that the precedent has already been set that someone who did the same thing that you're about to do only got, you know, a short sentence. Well, now I can do that and I'll yeah. only get a short sentence and do the same thing over and over again. And it, it could potentially become a cycle if that makes sense. Well, and, now yeah. that's just my personal opinion. Um, we'll never know what could or will happen until it does or doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. I hope nothing like that ever happens. And I hope that anyone who is impacted by her work, um, does as I, she says and not does yeah. as she did if yeah. that makes sense um i would also like I, to sorry go ahead i didn't mean to catch you no off. go ahead i was gonna say i would also i'd also be curious um, to i would also be curious like everything i said a second ago still stands like i still meant everything i said like i think that if she if she used the platform in the right way she could help help a lot of people that Correct. are currently going the right through way it. um mm -hmm. Yeah, I but I also feel like again, this is maybe playing devil's advocate in the opposite direction, but I feel mm -hmm. like I'd be curious to know too. You said she knows she commits a she knows she committed a crime. And I, I, I still mean what I said, you're out, and I hope you have the greatest life in the world now. But I'm not convinced you actually feel bad for it. I'm not. I, I think you're the greatest actor in the world. I do. I I feel that you are the best actor in the world. I feel that you have had the most experience acting in a lot of things. And that's not necessarily your fault, but I feel like why would you continue to incriminate yourself? You have a story and you're yeah. going to stick with it. And I feel that, like, again, my personal opinion, wish you the best have a really hard time believing things that come out of certain people's mouths. Yeah. So, um, according to Gypsy's family, mm -hmm. a reporter, Michelle Dean and another documentarian, Aaron Lee Carr, Gypsy also exhibits at times the same sociopathic manipulative behaviors as her mother 
who again for much of her life was her only role model so like mm-hmm. you're saying makes um, sense yeah why would she be any different that's the only thing she knew yeah um and Dr. Feldman, which I'm not sure if I talked about him before, but if I didn't, he is a, a Munchausen expert, mm-hmm. says she is already psychologically really compromised and she's going to need as much family underpinning and support as she can get. And that was after he watched the um, Mommy Dead and Dearest documentary. And he's in that documentary as well. So I do believe I've already talked about him today. Yeah. Uh, he also points out that post-traumatic stress disorder is likely to be an issue with her continuing development and that he hopes that she can find um, supportive psychotherapy mm-hmm. uh, wherever she cho- chooses to settle. And so I, um, I agree. Yeah. She is a survivor. She survived her abuse. She is a murderer. And she is a master manipulator. (laughs) Um, Again, I don't wish anything bad for her. Mm -hmm. She served her time. Um, I hope that with that, she has learned from her decisions, regardless of whether she's manipulating people or not. And with that, she can continue to make positive decisions for herself, for her new husband, and they can grow and live a happy and healthy life together. And I wish nothing but the best for them. Also, um, if anybody deserves it, she certainly does. She lived mm-hmm. through hell. Um, <clears throat> I just hope she doesn't use her social media reach to manipulate even more, if that makes sense. Um, Speaking of using her social media reach, um, if somehow, some way, Gypsy and her husband are listening to this, congratulations, my man. I hear you have five yeah. dick. Let's oh, go. Apparently, yeah. Hey. Um, and so, yeah, if you don't know already and you haven't been able to figure it out, Gypsy Rose was released from parole or released on parole December 28th, 2023, um, which she served 85% of her sentence per her state law. She married her husband, Ryan Anderson, while she was in prison, um, June 27th, 2022. So even though they've technically been married for like a year and a half at this point, they're technically newlyweds because they are just now getting to do all of the things that a newly married couple would get to do. Um Mm-hmm. She's recently released an ebook called Released Conversations on the Eve of Freedom. I read it. It's pretty decent. Um, it definitely opens up your eyes from her perspective. Um, and by that, I mean, it's very easy to see the inconsistencies in some of the stories and some of the interviews that she's done. Um, so, yeah, she's become a celebrity online. She's an influencer now. She has 9.8 million followers on TikTok as of two days ago. Let's go. And she kind of posts lifestyle vlogs and updates on her life since being released. Um, Really, she's only promoted her ebook and her new Lifetime um, exclusive special, which is the Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Mm -hmm. Um, She also mentions in her ebook that she's releasing a full memoir this year in 2024. In her ebook, like we mentioned, there's a quote that says, "This document is Gypsy's first public account of how she mentioned to re- or how she managed to release herself from the abuse and lies of her past, while laying the foundations of her future truth." She has because a great PR team. Because she wants to tell the story um, in full truth and the way she wants to tell it is what mm. she says. She also says in, yeah. in the quote. Quote, I'd like to think of this endeavor as a rewrite of a misinformed story you've been told. Like the Taylor's version's recordings, I'm no Taylor Swift, but if this ebook were an album, I'd title it Gypsy's Version. The only version that should be told, raw, revealing, and in rhythm with the real me. End and quote. I mean, the thing is, is like, she can, because who's gonna, who's gonna fucking falsify that? Her mother? Mm-hmm. Her 
her ex who's got a life in prison. I mean, how's he yeah. going to use his voice, right? Like, yeah. she can say what the fuck she wants to say. And and again, like, she's a great actress. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. Like, yeah. I mean I that, mean, like, <laughs> she doesn't even know who the fuck she is, I don't think. Like, she I agree. hasn't. And I think it's a gray area. Yeah. The whole thing. Um, like I said, she's a survivor of relentless, relentless, I'm losing it. I'm so exhausted. She is a survivor of relentless physical and mental abuse, medical abuse. And that's complicated. It's confusing. Mm. It's traumatic. Um, but she manipulated Nick and I do believe that she could not have done that if the thoughts were not already in his head and he wasn't already capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. And I believe that because I did see her mention in an episode, in an interview that she recently did on vile files, which is a podcast um, that she had talked to her new husband, Ryan and a previous relationship she had before Ryan while she was in prison. And they both said basically that if she had asked them to help her in the way that she asked Nick to help her, they both would have suggested other options like going to the police, getting outside help, et cetera. And um, he himself confessed that he wouldn't have done it if she didn't ask him to, but he was still capable of doing it on his own. Does that make sense? Like she couldn't have forced him to do something he wasn't capable of. I don't think. It's also just easy to say that whenever you're out of the situation exactly and you're out of prison um, and she, and the woman that hurt you can't hurt you anymore yeah like the control I, yeah. she had over him was not over, wasn't over him anymore at that point right and so i mean for me it's is she a bad person is she a manipulator or is she a survivor with no other option? And I think what people fail to remember is that you can be a victim and still not be a good person. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, just because you survive something terrible does not mean that you're a good person because you survive something terrible. So for me, it's all of the above, you know? But also, yeah. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying that's my mm -hmm. opinion on the situation. Um based off of what I've learned about the case. Now, if we could ever somehow get a um, unadulterated, unedited um, copy of exactly what happened, and we know it's exactly what happened, like God's version, you know, from his <laughs> point of view, um, maybe that would change. You know what I mean? I would but, also say, I think it's possible not to be a bad person and also, or not to be a good person, but also not to be a bad person. And I think that I in agree. the case it's of, a gray area. yeah, I think that in the case of Gypsy Rose, your entire life, yeah, your mother, terrible, lived under massive abuse, mentally, physically, all that. And then immediately, as soon as that was over, you went to jail and mm -hmm. then that was the whole thing. And so you are a 30 something year old woman who is just now for the first time ever finding your way through life finding your own way through this world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're going to have a little bit of help because you're going to have a lot of money coming at you from all these different like things and, and all this different like social media attention. And that's a lot all at one time. It's a lot. Um, so I, mean, I think yeah. it's going to become overwhelming. She's yeah. never had a normal life. And now she's even more so thrown into the spotlight. And we've seen from other 
people in the spotlight, how difficult that is to live a life where everyone is watching every single thing that you're doing Mm -hmm. and you can't have any moment of privacy. That in itself, you go from being in prison to having only privacy to zero privacy. And I mean, it's overwhelming. I can't imagine what that will be like for someone in her situation. And it's a lot. Like I said, it's a whole Uh, gray area. I I don't think anyone is wrong for believing one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Is she you know, this amazing person who's going to advocate and help for people? Maybe. Is she not a great person? Maybe. And I don't think anyone is wrong for believing either way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's only your perspective of what you've learned and what you feel about the situation. And it is what it is. I mean, she is doing her thing. Hopefully she's successful. Hopefully she helps people. And hopefully she never makes a choice like this ever again. Yeah. Well, that's that's the last thing I would think I would say is like, yeah, I think that right now the thing surrounding Gypsy Rose is just like this massive gray area. And again, I don't know why the fuck you would be listening to this. But if you are, you want to be considered a good person, help people. Use that voice of yours. Yeah. You have 9.8 million subs. Figure out what the fuck you need to do to help people. Help people. That's how you That's how, That's how. how you become yeah. a good person. Like that's how, it doesn't even make you a good person. That's how you get a good rap. And yeah. until you do that, turn around, turn it around yeah. and help. Yeah. That's yeah. That you want to, you want to become like a, yeah, that's use your voice for some good. Cause fucking world needs that shit for real. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, anything, I agree. Anything else, I, Megan? I honestly don't have anything else to add. The only, I guess the only thing is, um, again, I don't wish anything bad on her. I'm not trying to recriminalize her or have her, you know, be retried or anything like that. Um, and I don't even mean to like talk shit about her. Um, yeah, no, the same. It, I mean, yeah, absolutely. it is all entirely like you were saying, Gypsy, like I hope if somehow you're listening, if anyone who knows Gypsy is listening, I wish the best for you, like truly in my heart. Um, I hope that you get to live the best life that you could possibly live, whatever that might be. And I hope that it's happy and healthy and successful and fruitful and all of those things. I just hope that you also use that to help people who need help getting out of their own situations and showing them that despite you don't have the to mistakes, murder somebody. Exactly. Despite the mistakes that you have made, you do not want that to happen to them. That's not the solution. There are other options. Mm-hmm. And if that means creating the options, create the options. You know what I'm saying? Like what options did she need when she was in that situation that might have helped her get out? Yeah. And create those. I mean, I don't know. It, I don't know what it looks like. I just hope that regardless of what it is, she's successful and happy and healthy and all of those things. But that she's also stands up to what she has said she's going to do, which is advocate for people who need help. Mm-hmm. And that's all, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If um, if every single thing that Gypsy Rose said is completely true and everybody else was a liar. I don't believe that's the case, but yeah, I mean, if that's the case, then shit, dude. Yeah. You've had a fucking hard life and, and no one's denying that. You know what I mean? Like I, I am not even going to begin to try to say that she's made anything about that up. Um, I don't believe that she has, you know? Um, but I don't know, you know, no one knows. And so taking it with a grain of salt and just making my own assumptions based off of what I've learned, that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Anyways, 
We have rambled go, for two and a half hours. <laughs> this is probably our longest podcast episode. But episode, if you've stayed yeah, until the end, thank you for watching, liking, and subscribing. If you have not already subscribed, subscribe if you liked what we have here for you today. We post videos once mm-hmm. a week, my friends. But, Megan, anything to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. Contact shop. Also, wtfcpodcast.com. Contact us. Let us know how you feel about this episode or just comment down below on this video. Until next time, don't be dumb. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye.